The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. I may owe somebody some some time here. Welcome aboard the National Football Show with your boy, Big Sales. By the way, Jacob Media, gigantic week, man, when it comes to the NFL draft. And we appreciate everybody coming this week to the channel. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough on what this week means to all of us here because this is where people's passions really Start shining. What do you do during the draft? Um, there's some free agent conversation. And by the way, don't forget, Jacob Media, Thursday night, 8 o'clock, starts at Joiner. Everybody is going to be there at Ocean's Casino having an absolutely spectacular time. And I hope you'll join, too, because this is going to be a great week. This is going to be a great this is going to be a great week to determine what direction the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be going in when it comes to this draft. I'm hearing all kinds of things, okay? I'm hearing all kinds of things. When we're talking about the Eagles and how they're looking at potentially some free agents that are out there, and also what do they do in the NFL draft. By the way, here's the word. Eagles want edge rusher and wide receiver. I would like to do this. I would like the Eagles to go in this direction when it comes to Thursday draft. I'm going to get to that here in a second. I do want to start by saying this. Last night I watched the Sixers play against the Raptors, and I want to say this, and I want to throw this out to Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Do not re-sign James Harden. There is no way. There is no way. Have you ever seen a deal? Have you ever seen a deal where both teams lost? The Nets lose. The Sixers have lost. Have you ever seen a deal like that? Where both sides are not getting anything in return. It's incredible to watch. Hey, Embiid's injury is definitely changing the direction of the series. There's no question about it. Some loose basketballs that he would usually go after. He's not because obviously he's protecting his injury. I'm just saying this, man. No question about it, though. If you're Daryl Morey, I know that's your boy. But you really have to, you really have to decide whether or not that that guy is the future and part of your future in Philly. Me, I say no. No way, man. Yeah, I see some of you saying too. Hey, man, what's up? The Nets supposedly have the two greatest dynamic duos when it comes to scores in NBA history. You were swept. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving now are on vacation. Think about that. Two greatest duo scores are now on vacation. You know what, too, the NBA you're looking at now? This is the world of Giannis. You know who Giannis is starting to remind me of? 
Think about this. Tell me if I'm right when you say this. Tim Duncan, Giannis. Don't those two guys kind of, they're not flamboyant. They're the big fundamentals. That's what Shaq used to call Duncan. Don't those two guys, like, don't look for the limelight. They're not on social media. They're not doing things in the public. They just go out and ball and play basketball and carry a franchise. And what I love about Giannis is, didn't matter where he was drafted, Los Angeles or Milwaukee, he was going to deliver an NBA championship. That guy is old school. That's why you root for Milwaukee. You root for Milwaukee because Milwaukee looks like an old school team. They're not out talking shit. There's no drama on their team at all. And they just go and play. I don't know if they're going to be back-to-back champions, but you know what I love? I love the temperature of that organization. I love how they do business. They don't want drama guys on their team. They just want basketball players, and they just want skilled people to go out and try to deliver a championship and represent their community. That's what makes that special. Look at what you had in Brooklyn. Holy cow. Just so much noise. And that's one of the things the NFL hates when it comes to their locker room. They hate the noise. Doesn't the Greek freak remind you just of old school hoop, though, man? Actually, old school sports. Amazing. Just absolutely amazing to see that. And you're seeing a lot of old school teams with that fundamental mentality having great success. We'll see what happens with Phoenix. Booker being out, that's hurting them in the West. What a shocker what's going on with New Orleans. That team's being run by the Benson family and their football people. Who would have thought that the Pelicans would be a better basketball team without Anthony Davis? It's happening. Think of that. The Pelicans are better without AD. All right, let's get into... This football week that is going to be, in my opinion, one of the best weeks of the year. I love the draft. I love the draft week. I do my due diligence at looking at all of the people that go into the draft. By the way, bottom of the hour, Merrill Reese, the legendary voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, will join us. Merrill's got six guys he loves in this draft. He's got six guys. So we're number two. The creator of the value chart, recently inducted Hall of Famer Jimmy Johnson from the NFL on Fox will join us at 4.30 Eastern time. Power-packed week, man. Jacob Media's got you covered when it comes to the NFL draft, and we're so proud that you're here with us. Please hit the like button. I'm going to get to my rankings. I ranked the top edge rushers and wide receivers in this Thursday's draft. This is reported now that the Eagles are making an emphasis on these two positions, edge rusher, wide receiver. And I ranked the top 10. I'm going to get to that here in a minute. So John Lynch has come out this week and his pre-draft conversation, on one hand, he says this about Debo Samuel. I can't imagine us moving him. But then he talks about taking calls and potentially moving him, which means this, he wants two ones for him. That's the price tag for Debo Samuel is two ones. Would you be willing to do that for Debo Samuel when you have holes all over your football team if you're the Eagles? And when I say holes all over your team, 
I'm talking about, remember something here. I'm talking about building a Super Bowl contender year in and year out. Folks, that's how you build a dynasty. The Eagles are not a dynasty. Dynasties are things you do over a long period of time. You don't have to win back-to-back championships. I'll tell you what. You know that e- You know what? Let me ask you this. What Donovan McDabbs, Philadelphia Eagles did, by going to those four straight NFC championships and winning one of them, I know they didn't win a Super Bowl. That's a dynasty. That's a small version of a dynasty. What the Eagles did in 17 was a brilliant moment in franchise history. That's not a dynasty. That was the greatest era of Eagle football in the team's history. It was during the McNabb era and Andy Reid era. Am I right? But Sills, they didn't win the chip. I get it. And that's why it's not as revered. You see, the 17 Eagle team is more revered than any team in Eagle history. But that era is better. Because they were constantly contending year in and year out. I'll tell you this too. When they lost that last game at Veterans Stadium, what was that, guys? Was it 0-1 when they lost that? If they had beat the Bucs at home, at the vet, you don't think they'd go on and beat the Eagles? Or the Eagles go on and beat the Raiders? The Super Bowl was that year played between the Bucs and the Eagles. Both those teams would have waxed the Raiders. 0-2? Thanks, Chris. I thought it was 0-1. My bad. 0-2 Super Bowl maybe, right? William, am I right? Eagles win that last game at the Vet. They win the Super Bowl that year. And that's clearly a dynasty. Okay. Craig says, Reed Arrow was great. We always had a chance. And, and, and Craig, that's exactly what I'm trying to do here is not have this. You win a Super Bowl and then four years later, you're firing your Hall of Fame. I should take that back because I don't know if Doug's ever going to be a Hall of Fame coach. I'll say Super Bowl coach. He wins the Super Bowl. He's fired in four years and you guys only win four games. Okay. Right? We don't want that to happen again. And personally, I don't think this is what Howie Roseman wants. That's why he's really guarding these draft choices. Eagles were relentless in the Reed era. Jesse, that's a dynasty to me when you're constantly in it. People always look at that Buffalo Bills run where they went to four straight AFC championships. And you know what? That, to me, is a dynasty. Did they win the Super Bowl? No, but you were always in the conversation. You were always there. The Eagles are not like that. This football team this year, how many people are going to be a little nervous when they get out of the gate? Thank God it's an easy schedule. Thank God they didn't win the division. Because when you don't win the division, you get a lesser schedule. Right? Ernest says, I wish we could have Andy back. Yeah, but I wonder if the front office would want Andy back. Because Andy would want control. He's got control in Kansas City, Ernest. He didn't have as much in Philly. He had to share it, right? He had to share it. 
in Kansas City, after he got rid of John Dorsey, guys, Andy's the head chief in charge there now. It's his call, and I'll make this point. I think that's one of the reasons you see them walking back in talent. Okay? (laughs) If you think Juju Schuster is going to open up all those passing lanes for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, you're crazy. He's going to feel that this year. Travis Kelsey is not going to be as open. Dude, when you got to worry about Tyree Kill on the team, you're constantly worried about the plus 25 play that gets behind you. You're like, man, I can't let that guy get behind me. And Kelsey's running like a maniac underneath. You know how many teams don't have that linebacker to cover Travis Kelsey? 95% of the teams don't have that. That's why he's such a mismatch. That's why the tight end position has become such a vital part because most of these linebackers don't have the athleticism to be able to cover some of these guys. The tight end position is incredible. Sills was high end. Jermaine Johnson. I'm going to get to the edge rushers. I'm going to, I've ranked them. Okay. I have ranked them, but real quick, before I get out, Xander brought this up yesterday to me and I should have mentioned it yesterday. Xander goes, Hey, how about Jalen working out with AJ Brown? AJ Brown of the Titans. I love it. I love it. But the only disappointing thing is this is what I would say. So you work out with A.J. Brown, and then you go back to your dudes. That's a drop in talent outside of Devontae. The rest of those dudes, man, you're throwing to a big league wideout. You know, quite frankly, too, I don't know how that's not tampering. You got an opposing quarterback with an opposing wideout working out together. I'm cool with it. I'm just saying – How do you know these guys? He wasn't sent there by Howie to do some recruiting. And you're, you're going to, and everyone knows he's not showing up to OTAs or he's not showing up to mini camps. If you're the league, you're cool with that. If you're the Titans and Mike Vrabel, you're cool with that. Don't you think Jalen's doing this dog, you and me and Philly with Devante would run East. I mean, would between us, wouldn't you say that to him? Wouldn't you go like this? Hey, dog, you're sitting around having beers after a hard workout. You guys get everything and you're having dinner. And you look over at him, you're jailing. Hey, man, what if Howie made a move for you? I'd love to have you here. We're working out together. You and me, man. You and me, Devontae, Dallas Goddard. Man, we can run this thing. We'll beat the Cowboys if we add you to the team. I need you. We don't have really anybody in the room that's a professional wide receiver. Wouldn't you say that? Or would you just go about your business? Hey, man, Philly's great. Everyone's awesome. It's a great organization. They gave me my chance. I got another opportunity, 2022. And you would bring up the fact, right? I would look at him and go, come join me, man. Or is the organization steadfast in the going into the draft? It's funny when I hear John Lynch talking about Debo Samuel. In one hand, he's saying this. Hey, one hand, he's saying this. 
I, I can't see him not being on the team. Then he, he's, he's going, well, we're going to do what's in the best interest of the 49ers. You kind of didn't put it to rest. I still think there's some noise out there for the Eagles to take a look at one of those two guys. You have to have a dual track plan. This way, this. What's in the best interest of the team? Are you really sold on Jalen? How about Jalen the recruiter? Come play with me. Hey, by the way, Jalen gets a check in the plus column here for this. Hey, AJ, let's work out together. He's taking a page right out of Tom Brady's. This is what LeBron does. He recruits people around the NBA to come and play in Los Angeles. He's a Pied Piper. Nobody who likes where they're working, okay, and goes out and recruits. If you hate where you are, you're talking shit on the place. If you like where you're working, you show up to work and you do your job every day and you're in a good mood. And you're selling it. Jalen's selling it. Okay? What if AJ recruits Hurts to the Titans? Jesse. Then that is kudos for Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman would want a high draft choice for Jalen Hurts. He's an alternate pro bowler. Put his team in the postseason. You and me could sit here and throw shade on him. Bottom line, this guy had a results first year starting. Is he better than Ryan Tannehill? I don't know. Would I want Tannehill on the Eagles? No. Would I, am I okay with Jalen over Tannehill? Yeah. Spa, spa says, I've been saying it, Sills. Don't forget. Merrill Reese, bottom of the hour. All right. Edge rushers. Wide receivers. This is the word going around all the draft rooms that the Eagles are going to make an emphasis on. I have ranked my top 10 edge rushers. I have ranked my top 10 wide receivers. Let's start with the wide receivers. Now, when I say this to you, know this and understand this. That stat that I gave you, that in the last decade, 60% of the wide receivers that have gone on to the Pro Bowl were not drafted in the first round, I think should play a factor here. Okay? I think you should think about it. Should the Eagles draft a guy in the first round at the wide receiver position? Big Chris, I'm not there. Number 10, Bo Melton, Rutgers. Very productive. On a not-so-good team, Greg Schiano's a friend of mine. Greg Schiano told me this kid here is a baller. Big physical guy. And I said this, he, he's not Muhammad Sanu. He goes, he's got Muhammad Sanu's body. And he's physical, and he's faster. Muhammad Sanu's only problem, he was decent when he was in Atlanta. 
okay? He wasn't very good when he got into a structured situation in New England. Not everybody could play in that situation in New England with Tom Brady and Josh McPherson. Josh McDaniel, excuse me. You can, Not everybody could play in that, okay? Smile, I'm not taking anybody from North Dakota State. I am not. I don't know who they play. Absolutely off the board for me. Not interested. I'd rather have one of these other guys. Alec Pierce, Cincinnati. This is the guy that Ritter was hooking up with the entire time. Another rangy guy. Here's a guy that, by the way, I think all 10 of these guys are going to play in the NFL. Okay? Number eight, Jalen Tolbert, South Alabama. South Alabama puts a lot of folks in the National Football League. I thought about some of the people that they play. I thought about his competition. Okay? I know who South Alabama is. There's guys that have been in the National Football League that have come out of that program and excelled. I don't have to worry about so much the competition. This kid here, in my opinion, from what I was told, the only reason he went to South Alabama, you ready? Grades. Wasn't a very diligent student when he was in high school. So he went to South Alabama. Number seven, Traylon Burks, Arkansas. You know, the more I watch him, the least I'm impressed with him. I don't see explosion. I see physicalness. Will he be able to get separation on some of the talent cornerbacks? And will he be able to fight off linebackers going across the middle? I think he'll be able to do that. But I'm not seeing explosion. Okay? he His... He's a gifted athlete, okay? And the more I watch him, I have separation issues with him. He reminds me of the kid Harry out of Arizona State that's up in New England. This kid may struggle getting off the line of scrimmage here. Number six, Sky Moore, Western Michigan. You watch this kid and you put his game tape on, you're impressed. Speedster, cross the middle, runs great routes, fearless. You know who he reminds me of? I'd like to have Steve Smith on your team. This kid's a good ball player. He's going to go in the first round, in my opinion. Sky Moore, Western Michigan. Keep an eye on him. Put some film on him. Okay? Watch him. Hey, one above all, he, he, he reminds you a tad of Tyree Kill a little bit. Okay? Number five, Drake London. I'm just not impressed with him as a guy that I would draft, but he will get drafted in the first round. Um, I think he got a lot of yardage and really in a lot of crappy situations. And what I mean by that is I think they're garbage time. I think he's big. I think he's talented. I think he'll play. But am I really going to put the 15th pick on him? Absolutely not. George Pickens, now we're starting to get into the players that make impacts here. George Pickens, number four, Georgia. I'm with Xander. This kid can freaking ball, okay? He can ball. And the quarterback that he had on his team will never play in the NFL. The quarterback that the Georgia Bulldogs have will never be an NFL quarterback. 
And he's still making gigantic plays on that team offensively. I mean, that guy, the quarterback of Georgia is like a walk-on fifth-year guy or something. He'll never play in the NFL. Never play. Never happen. Okay? I'll leave the top three here because you know why? My friend Merrill Reese, I went over to Merrill Reese's website, his Twitter page, and I saw he had a couple guys on there that's going to go into the NFL draft that he likes. And Merrill joins us now here on the National Football Show. So, Merrill, you get into the draft too a little bit after. A lot. Yo, oh, oh, my God, right? Oh, yeah. I love the draft. Merrill, um, who's the guy that really impresses you then? Uh, there are a lot of guys who really impress me, uh, but there aren't a lot of – there are still a lot of guys that impress me from 15 on. So as things stand now, the Eagles are going to be picking 15 and 18. So that's where I pretty much concentrated on. I mean, for example, there's no way the Eagles are going to be able to draft Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. That's very, very unlikely. I don't think it's very likely at all that they're going to get somebody like Kyle Hamilton or um, even, for that matter, Jamison Williams. But so what I pointed out were several players that I thought that if the Eagles could pick one from column A, which is defense, and one from column B, which is wide receiver, I think those are two of the biggest needs uh, who I would be happy with. So the names I threw out there, for example, I believe, uh, were number one, if he's there, at 15, I love Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia. Absolutely think he's terrific. A couple of other defensive players that I like, I like uh, uh, the, uh, uh, Johnson, the, uh, the pass rusher from Florida State, Jermaine Johnson. I think he's very, very good. And uh, there are others out there. Uh, linebackers, for example. But I think if these guys were available as as a 15th pick, I'd be very, very happy with them. Then, for example, uh, another one is uh, Devin Lloyd from Utah. I think he I think he would be sensational. And I think of the wide, res- the wide receivers that I named, I really like, and I've heard people differ with me on this, uh, particularly today on some of the talk shows, but I really like Traylon Burks from uh, Arkansas. Uh, they say, well, he's really just a slot receiver, and I'd rather see an outside receiver. I think wherever you put him up, out, I think he's going to be a big play guy. He's been a big play guy at Arkansas. He wins the contested balls. He runs away from people. He knocks people over. He has a little bit of what Dab- uh, Debo Samuels has. Uh, I like him a lot. Devin, uh, uh, London uh, is another one. Drake London from uh, USC is another type of wide receiver. I'm picking big guys. However, now I don't think think, uh, Garrett Wilson is going to be there, or Garrett Williams, but I think maybe Chris Alave would be there from Ohio State. And I think he's very, very good. How about this, Merrill? I think you and I are on the same page, but I'm going to tell you how they're going to get to the same players. And I did it yesterday. I picked the same players that you liked at 
15 and 18, but I'm going to tell you how I see Howie working this draft. I agree. If Jordan Davis is at 15, I said yesterday, he's my pick. I think the Eagles are getting Jordan Davis. You can't have a guy at 351 pounds running a 471 and the production that he had, and you watch him play with those other two horses that were in that front four and go like this. You know, you may not see a lot of tackles and sacks because he's got two other guys that are going to go in the top six picks. I mean, it was the linebacker, N'Kobe Dean, and you've got a safety back there. That whole defense, it was one of those generational defenses that you see a few times that like maybe seven guys are going to go in the top three rounds, and he's one of the star players. However, at 18, Merrill, here's what I think Howie does. And this is what I've been kind of talking with Peter King on, and Peter King has covered the NFL. There's some conversation going on that the Eagles will get into a conversation with the Packers trade down to 22 and get Devin Lloyd. And I said, Devin Lloyd, by the way, they're at 22, how he picks up another second or third rounder from the Packers. And he still ends up getting his guy. And I potentially could see even how we may be even trading the 18th pick to get down even further to get even more picks because he's trying to get a treasure chest right now. And as much as people don't think this draft has players in it, I think they do, Merrill. I just don't think they have the quarterbacks. Right. I agree with you. I agree with you. There is, uh, and, and the Eagles are not in the market for a quarterback, no matter what anybody thinks. They are not in the market for a quarterback with this draft. They are committed to Jalen Hurts for this year to see what they have. And I am very optimistic that he's going to show them something. I think he's, I think he's a special guy. And I think he has a lot of talent, a lot of arm talent, more than people think. I just think he has to uh, have the experience. I think he has to be out there and, and learn how to read quickly and be able to see the entire field, the decision-making process. I mean, Dan, he's only started 20 games in his NFL career. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that he's – I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying that he's Aaron Rodgers. But – if, if memory serves me, Aaron Rodgers was, was picked in 2005 by the Packers, but didn't really play a lot until, what, 2007 or 8, where he really, went, once uh, Brett Favre left, where he really became the guy and you saw just how good he was. Drew Brees, I guess you would say four years from now, Drew Brees will go in to the Hall of Fame. There's no First ballot. About that. But... He really wasn't this kind of Drew Brees until he moved from San Diego to New Orleans and got with Sean Payton and everything blossomed around him and he became one of the great quarterbacks. It doesn't happen automatically. Once in a great while, once in a great while, you see a Justin Herbert or a Joe Barrow who meet immediate success because they're good. And everything around them coincides to give them a chance to really be good. Look, I am I'm convinced, Dan, that this year, the quarterback who is going to stand out, is going to make the biggest progress, is going to be Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has every bit as much talent as Barrow and Herbert, but he wasn't in the situation to succeed. This year, he's got Doug Peterson helping him. 
and Doug Peterson can bring quarterbacks along. In fact, Doug, Doug Peterson's my pick to be the, the uh, coach of the year this year because I think he's going to dramatically change the fortunes of the Jaguars. And, I, and I'm going to expand what you're saying. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a Pro Bowl-type season this year, in my opinion, under the direction. Yeah. You know, you bring something up about Jalen, and I'm just wondering, I agree with you in this, in this realm here, Merrill. I think he is going to go from here, and I think he's going to improve so much from a year ago. And like you said, the limited amount of starts. My question to you is going to be, is going from here to here enough for the Eagle front office? Merrill, he may improve. And we're both thinking the same thing. He is going to improve. But is that going to be enough, his improvement, to sell them that he's going to be the future of the team? What does from here to here mean? How, how many wins are you going to get me? How far are they going to get in the playoffs? What is his quarterback rating going to be? What is his completion percentage going to be? You'd, you'd have to be a little more definite as far as his statistical achievements are concerned to tell me what tells them that he's the quarterback that they're going to hitch their wagon to for at least the next five or six years. I don't know. I don't know. But I think I think if he continues to progress and he and he says, let, let's say he throws uh, 25 touchdown passes and five interceptions. Let's say he completes 72% or 75% of his passes. I'm signing him to a five-year extension if I see 4,200 yards and 25 touchdowns and four picks. Yeah. Or even seven picks. But if he if he has that if he has a quarterback rating of 94, I I think you're looking at the the guy who's going to be here. You, you Merrill. You, you have been a Pied Piper in this. You think he's the future, don't you? I do, but but I, I don't count. <laughs> I don't even count in my own house. <laughs> hey, that's okay. I think I'm in the same conversation. I've been married 33 years to my wife, and I go like this, Meryl, what's for dinner? She goes, whatever I'm cooking. And I'm saying, okay. <laughs> Meryl, the development of Devontae Smith this year, in your opinion, you expect to see also those great improvements from what we saw a year ago to this year, too, because of the improvement of what you think Jalen's going to bring to the offense? Well, I don't think he needs great improvements. I just think he needs to progress uh, because he's brilliant. He is a brilliant wide receiver. The Eagles know that they struck gold with Devontae Smith. He is that good. So maybe he becomes a little more polished in the pro game, and maybe there's another weapon on the other side. Uh, I named a couple before that can take some of the focus off of him. Uh, Eagles already have a very, very talented pass-catching tight end in Dallas Goddard. So we'll see how everything else goes. They also have a, a very, very good offensive line. They really do. So I think there's a chance that because of what is around him and as the team progresses, he will have more of an opportunity to explode and to catch the big passes and to increase his total of touchdowns. But I think I think Devontae Smith is a terrific, terrific player. Uh, Merrill, I'm going to throw a stat at you here that, again, it's a trend in the NFL, and I was given to this. We have Jimmy Johnson coming on in hour number two, and Coach Johnson told me this stat, 
that do you know that in the last decade, 60% of the wide receivers that have made it to the Pro Bowl were not drafted in the first round? 60%. And you're hearing that an emphasis will be put on edge rusher and wide receiver for the Eagles here. Do you go wide receiver again, knowing that the trend has been a lot of these great players? And because the position is so deep, I think you're going to be able to get a good player first, second, or third round. What do you think is the big emphasis of need going into this draft on Thursday night? See, as I said before, I think it's defense, number one. You, this team does not have a defensive difference maker right now. I mean, Fletcher Cox was a couple of years ago, and while he's still a, a good player, he's not the dominant player he was three years ago when he was a perennial all-pro. So he's not that. They need a difference maker, primarily at the line of scrimmage. That's why I like Jordan Davis so much. Uh, yeah, sure, I'd like one of the great edge rushers if he were there. But I don't think at 15, you're, I think those guys are going to be swallowed up pretty quickly. That's going to be the, the key emphasis in this draft. So I don't mind taking one of these wide receivers at 18 and coming back and getting a safety or a linebacker in the second round. Uh, for some reason, do you know, Dan, who the last linebacker was that the Eagles took in the first round? Is it Cole? No, Trent Cole was a fifth-round pick. Oh, I, I can't think. You probably can't, and it's not your fault because it happened uh, <laughs> in 1492 or something. <laughs> it, happened, it happened in 1980. And his name was Jerry Robinson. Oh, the guy from UCLA? Yep, three-time All-American from UCLA who had played wow. Dick Vermeule at UCLA. And Dick Vermeule was the Eagles coach. But that was the last time the Eagles took a linebacker in the first round. 1980. Oh, my God, Jerry. What a great ball we're player, too. In we're talking 42 years. Yeah, my God. All right, Merrill. I'm going to put you on the spot here, but I'm not going to ask you for one because I don't think you could answer just one. I want your three favorite Eagles of all time. Who are they? Do you want my three favorite Eagles as people, as players, as exciting? See, I have different categories. To me, in my tenure, this will be my 46th year, uh, I'm shooting for 146. But, <laughs> but in my 46 years, the greatest eagle would be Reggie White. He would be the best. He would be the best. There, there are certainly some great eagles along the way. Brian Dawkins, Dawk was right there as one of my favorites. One of the, one of the great ones. Uh, my, the most exciting eagle, the this the the one eagle who, who brought more electricity than any other would be um, uh, Randall Cunningham. I mean, he was football's ultimate weapon. You never knew what was going to happen when the ball got snapped back to Randall. I mean, he even had a 93-yard punt or a 91-yard punt in one game. So he, he was the most exciting. He wasn't the greatest quarterback. The quarterback who achieved the most, who achieved the most, was Donovan McNabb. Um, Eagles have had three or four great running backs in in my tenure. They had Wilbur Montgomery. Great. They had 
Ricky Waters was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, would be my favorite. Uh, they had Brian Westbrook. Oh, one of my all-time favorites. I used to call him the Wizard of Westbrook. Brian but, Mitchell was good. Brian Mitchell was was very good. Uh, there were a lot of things he could do. He's a great return man. But, but the best running back that they had, again, I defer to the record book. And this is, you know, I'm saying in my tenure, yeah. back to 1949, yeah, yeah, yeah. if Steve Van Buren. But the best of my tenure was Shady McCoy. Yeah. Shady McCoy set all the records. Uh, two of my favorite Eagles, Stan Waters, Mike Quick, because they worked with me in the broadcast booth. Mike, for the past, this is Mike's 25th year. So he's got to be my favorite Eagle. He's going to do a show with me tonight. <laughs> and, All and, right. I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you with this. Tell me what your thoughts are on my best friend, Jerome Brown. Great. He was great. He was great. I, uh, I was, uh, I was at doing a show from a place called the Broadway restaurant bar, and they had a great big deli section. And every week I would ask Jerome Brown, I, I knew he didn't like to do shows that much. And he finally said, when are you going to have me on my show? When are you going to have me on your show? So I said, all right, how about next Monday? He said, great, I'll do your show next Monday. So I saw him next that, that afternoon at the stadium. And I said, well, I'll see you tonight. He said, what's tonight? I said, my <laughs> show. He said, oh, Merrill, this is my bowling night. Said, <laughs> you told me you were going to come down and do my show. And we have plenty of good food there. So he said, all right, I won't bowl tonight. I'll come down and I'll do your show. So he did my show, and the player could order some dinner to take home. So he goes up. He said, I'm going home to watch some Monday night football. And he orders four corned beef specials. <laughs> having a party. And he said, no, these are for me. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jerome. I, I loved him. I loved him. Oh my God! This city, and I say this all the time, Merrill. I don't think Reggie would have left Philly if Jerome had stayed alive. I, I just, I think those two guys were partners in crime on that team. I know they had issues with Rich Kotai, but I, I mean, I just, I, I just, when, 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 when Jerome died and it was announced there at the vet, um, boy, I just, I just don't know. I, I just don't think Reggie would have left. Well, I, I don't know if it was as much Rich Kotite, uh, but I, I think it had more to do with the owner of the team. and Norman Brayman? Yeah, more more of that in the contracts that did not work in their direction. I mean, uh, it, it still is a business. And uh, I, I saw, I went to, um, I flew with Jeffrey Lurie and, and Mike Quick and uh, Tammy Reed, Andy's wife, to Reggie's funeral in Charlotte, North Carolina. And there was a documentary that they played. And Reggie, when he first went to Green Bay, he said that uh, this is where the Lord intended for me to be. And this is where I'm, it's all in the plan. And in that documentary, which I believe he was interviewed by Andrea Kramer, yeah. he actually admitted that it really, when you really came down to it, he said, I'm sorry I wasn't honest, but it was it was all about the business of football, too. And you can't blame him for no. that because because it is a business. And I don't think and I think if you want to throw any emotion into it, I don't think uh, he felt appreciated by the ownership. 
Meryl, do you agree? Last question. I'm sorry. I just could keep you here all day. Meryl, do you agree if they beat the Buccaneers in that NFC championship, Donovan McNabb, I think it's either 01 or 02, the last game at the vet. Last game at the vet. If they win that, they go on and beat the Raiders in that Super Bowl. The two best teams in the NFL were the Eagles and Bucks, in my opinion, that year. You're talking about a dynasty with McNabb if they win a Super Bowl and they end up getting the two Super Bowls, win one of them, and they go to four straight NFC championships. That would have been the greatest era of Eagle football. Do you agree if they had at least capped one of them off? Oh, when when you go to when you go to five NFC championships and a Super Bowl, that's that's the great era. Oh, there's no doubt about that. But there were other great years. I still think I still think if they win the Fog Bowl in Chicago with Buddy Ryan, that might have been the greatest team of all. I mean that that team that team was beaten by the weather. Whoever was ahead when the when the fog enveloped Soldier Field was going to win that game. And probably the best defense ever. They were the triple crown winners that year. And Jerome told me that he couldn't, see, he, he couldn't see in front of his, he couldn't that, see his hand. No, they couldn't. But the best defense, the best defense was 91. And the defensive coordinator of that team was one of the most brilliant coaches I've ever met. And even though he wasn't a successful head coach, he belongs in the Hall, Hall of Fame. And that was Bud Carson. And that team was number one against the run, number one against the pass, and number one overall. That was a spectacular defense. That was the best defensive team of all. Absolutely. Carson even was a guy with the Steelers back in the day with the steel curtain. So, I mean, he was just such a great coach. Merrill? Well, the, another wait. another great coach and, and, and my favorite, and, and, and nobody, nobody like him, um, if you look in the dictionary and look under the word charisma, there is a picture of Dick Vermeil who is going into the Hall of Fame this year. And Carl Peterson, Carl Peterson is going to um, introduce him. And if yep. I'm not mistaken, Merrill, Carl Peterson was on Dick's um, staff at UCLA and also with the Eagles, right? Yep. Yeah, originally I think he was a tight ends coach, and then he became the director of player personnel. Absolutely. Yep. Should be a lot of fun Thursday. It will it's be. always great catching up with you, Merrill. Thank you so much for your time, my friend. Take care, Dan. Have a great day. You got it. Don't forget, too, Jacob Media, Thursday night, 8 Eastern. We're going to have you covered wall-to-wall. D-Gun, Seth Joyner, everybody is going to be covering the NFL draft right here on Jacob Media so everyone knows. Don't forget, also, proud sponsors of the National Football Show, Morgan & Morgan. The fee is free. What does this mean? Well, they don't get paid until you get your fair compensation. That's exactly what Morgan & Morgan is. You know, I tell people this all the time. If you're injured or hurt on the job, Morgan & Morgan is going to be the right attorney for you to choose because choosing an attorney, John told me this years ago, is one of the most difficult things you could possibly do and one of the most important things that you could possibly do. And for the people, I know you hear that slogan, it's not a slogan. This is who they are. This is what they do. For the past 30 years, Morgan & Morgan has collected in compensation for their clients $13, wait for it, billion. $13 billion in compensation for their clients. That's right. 
With over 800 attorneys and offices in Philadelphia, New York, Florida, across the country, this is where size matters, my friends. The biggest law firm in the country is Morgan & Morgan. They will not be intimidated when they go to battle for you when it comes to compensation that you and your family so deserve. Morgan & Morgan is there to fight, and this is what they are. This is who they are. The call is free. The consultation is free. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're there for you to make sure you and your family get the fair compensation. And do me a favor, when you call Morgan & Morgan, tell them Big Sill sent you. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. ForThePeople.com It's the biggest, most important draft in the history of this Philadelphia football franchise. The Jacob Media Sports 2022 NFL Draft Special. Live on 6ABC.com from the Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City. Presented by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles, IBEW Local 98, Stateside Vodka, United Healthcare, Mesa Law, 6ABC, and Budweiser, the official beer of the Philly sports fan. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, 
zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show. Do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Man, this hour is flying. This week is going to fly. As I tell you, don't forget our draft special here on Jacob Media starting at 8 Eastern on Thursday night. First round of the National Football League should be very interesting. I think you're going to see a lot of movement in the NFL draft. I think you're going to see a lot of people, okay, moving back. I don't think moving up, okay, unless you're really in love with somebody. Look, I, I, I got all the way to number four with my wide receiver list. I'm ranking my top edge rushers and top wide receivers. I do want to throw this out at you. Oh, and Jimmy Johnson will join us 4.30 Eastern time in hour number two. Um, so Matt Corral got a 15 on his Wonderlick test. And what was the other one? Um, Pickett got a 17 and Willis got a 32. Now this is out of 50. You know what? Just so you know, I'm not the smartest guy on the planet. I got a 30. Okay. I got a 30. So I'm like, you know, they're like, okay, good. Okay. Jimmy Johnson. And I'm going to bring this up with coach Johnson. He says this, kick me in the head the next time I draft a dumb player. And you ask yourself, does the Wonderlick test matter? I think for a quarterback, it does. When your playbook is as big as a Tokyo phone book, and you've got to know every single play, and you've got to know every single position of every player that's not only on your offense, but the defense too, and what their techniques are, I think that matters. Vince Young had a 19, okay? He had a 19. I think the Wonderlick test matters probably more so for the quarterback position than any other position, okay? And Xander just said this. Justin Herbert had a 39. Yeah, dude, you... You've got to be able to take the intel. Jalen had a 21, not too bad. A little below average, that's okay. Some people test bad. That's not 15. I got a problem with that. And you know what that tells me? That those guys were told where to throw the ball. When you're a quarterback like Brady or Manning and you're coming to the line of scrimmage, and you don't have to have anybody improvise for you, and you can improvise, and you don't have anybody telling you what to do, man, those are proactive people that you want in your huddle and in your life. Wouldn't you rather pull a guy off the ledge than push him to it? That's the story of my life. People have pushed, people have been pulling me off the ledge, including my boy, my whole entire life. But I think that that last bit, that last five inches or whatever on the edge, 
in my opinion, I think that's the difference between greatness and being average. I think that one little difference right there. I'd rather pull a guy off the ledge, man, and push him to it. I want a guy that's going to go out there and play his ass off every day, love the game, work at it, and go out and just do whatever it takes to win. You know, it's funny when I hear Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant talking nowadays about, you know, how they want to improve their craft and really winning is not an emphasis. Damn. I love to win. I'm a horrible loser. I hate losing. Man, that bugs me. Losing sucks. Nobody Hey, well, you know, I'm just working on my craft. And you got swept, so it's like not a big deal to you. Man, that's a problem. It is, man. I don't know. I just, it's a problem to me here. I'm going to recap my wideouts, and I'm going to get into the edge rushers here. Got time before the top of the hour here. At 10, I got Bo Melton, Melton, Rutgers, Alec Pierce, Cincinnati, 9, Jalen Tolbert, South Alabama, 8. Traylon Burks, Arkansas, number 7. Sky Moore, Western Michigan, at 6. Drake London, number 5, USC. George Pickens, 4, Georgia. And here's my top three. The only reason I'm putting Jamison Williams at 3 is because of his ACL injury. It's the only reason. He probably won't be ready to go until October. Okay. Um, do you feel comfortable drafting an injured player? Organizations, when you draft in the first round, one impact guys today, especially when you have a quarterback you're trying to develop. Okay. Now, if you're down at the lower end of the draft, he's a perfect pick. But when you're talking about top 10, boy, should the Jets invest in him and have him ready by October for Zach Wilson? That'll be a big decision. Me, I don't draft injured players in the first round. I'm not doing that. That first round pick has to play right now, today. Okay? You know what? It's funny. It's funny. I just remembered. I remember telling, <clears throat> I remember telling Bruce Allen, you guys remember a player by the name of Cadillac Williams? Remember he 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 played with Ronnie Brown. They they were they were a tandem for Coach Tuberville at uh, Auburn. They went undefeated. Remember that team? And I remember telling Bruce Allen this because Adrian Peterson, I think, came out in that draft. If I'm not mistaken, I think Adrian was in that draft. And I remember he goes, yeah, he's hurt, though. I go, yeah, but it's a shoulder. It's not a knee. Remember he separated his shoulder at Oklahoma? And I'm like, I'm all right with that. Running backs have separated shoulders. It's kind of what they are, who they are. I go, this ain't a knee injury here. And I was like this, you're going to rue the day you didn't draft that dude. And Cadillac got out to like, Three straight games where he had 100 yards, and I was like, eh, I'm still taking Adrian Peterson. Okay? I'm still taking Adrian Peterson. So, so I got Jamison Williams at number three. Number two, Chris Olave, Ohio State. 
I think we all know who the number one is. I think it's Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson is the top wide out because Jamison Williams is injured. If he was full strength, it would go Williams, Garrison, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave. That's how I would, I would put the top three. I would just rearrange it a little bit, and I would look at and go there with this. Corral going in the first round easily. Okay, good luck to you, man. Third-round kid, you're going to take him in the first round. A third-round guy. There is not a quarterback in this draft that's got a first-round grading, not even a second-round grading, and you're going to take him in the first round, and he's as dumb as a box of rocks. Good luck to you. Hope it works out. I have not been impressed with him. The only thing that I am impressed with Matt Corral is that he played in the SEC and he was as successful as he was. And he was coached by Lane. Okay? <clears throat> Honest. Other than that, the guy doesn't make me go, wow. When you, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> this kid, Malik Willis, starting to, starting to like it more. I'm starting to like it more. Something about the kid. I'm starting to like it more. You know, you could put Trey Lance in the in the three hole. Could you put him there? I don't know. I'm starting to like him. You know, I, I'm 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 liking him. Wonderlick test is BS. Maybe. It may be. Hey, Xander with another great point. Lane Kiffin also made that dude, Jalen Hurts, look awful good at Bama too, didn't he? God, they had great coaches. <laughs> Alabama. I would go to Bama just because the coaching staff. Okay? Honestly, that coaching staff they have, there's not an NFL coaching staff that's in the same category. Maybe Belichick's. Maybe. I would say Nick Saban has the best coaching staff of any football program, pro or college in the country. Would you agree? I don't think there's a staff in America. Hell, the Eagles got the best offensive line coach off that staff. And they're still putting dudes in the pros. All right. My top 10 edge rushers are next, plus Jimmy Johnson, hour number two, 430 Eastern time. Please hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. It's the biggest, most important draft in the history of this Philadelphia football franchise. The Jacob Media Sports 2022 NFL Draft Special. Live on 6ABC.com from the Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City. Presented by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles, IBEW Local 98, Stateside Vodka, United Healthcare, Mesa Law, 6ABC, and Budweiser, the official beer of the Philly sports fan. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. First hour, hour number two now. Jimmy Johnson, bottom of the hour at 4.30 Eastern time. Please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard. The man who built the Dallas Cowboy dynasty, also on the NFL on Fox, will be with us in this hour. And we appreciate everybody coming aboard. I love how everybody is so engaged in the draft. Isn't it really awesome how the draft has grown into what it is now? It's got to be the – would you agree it's the NFL's biggest non-contact day in, in the league – in the year's calendar for the league? Think about it, right? No contact, no hitting, no games played. And you're probably going to have 30 million people watch all like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of the draft. By the way, don't forget, Jacob Media, five, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern time, Thursday. We're going to have you right there. Look at that baby, man. Seth Joyner, D. Gunn, Mike Quick, all of the cast of characters covering your NFL draft, all the way down to the Eagles' 15th pick, 18th pick, and numerous picks in rounds two through seven. So we'll have you covered wall-to-wall -wall there. We really appreciate everybody coming aboard, as you are right now. Hey, real quick. Before we get back into um, the draft and my top 10 edge rushers, you think Doc Rivers is in trouble? You think Doc's in trouble? Are you concerned that you could blow a 3-0 lead? The Embiid injuries change things. James Harden looks terrible. And by the way, if you remember what I said when that deal was made, I think it was a horrible deal. I go, we'll see. I didn't think it would look like this, though. He looks old. He looks like he doesn't have, a, a like, a step anymore. 
You know, he, you know, Harden would have that step, that shot, and then shoot it. And the guy was one of the greatest prolific scorers in the history of the NBA. MVP, all that. Does it look like he's that guy? It just looks like, you know what, too? It's almost like there's been a spell put over KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons, and also James Harden. Those four dudes, man, it's been a horrible year for those four guys. KD, you know, you don't get redemption 39 points and get swept. Well, he had a great game. Your team got swept, dude. You weren't able to take down the Celtics in any of those games? That's on you, man. Is that on your resume? Kind of. I'll say this to you. Kevin Durant, <laughs> that dude lost his cape a little bit. That guy lost his cape. He ain't the same dude. You know, it's 14 years now for Kevin Durant. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's 14 years. Just didn't look the same. I mean, that Celtics team beat him up. Get Doc out of here, MC says. You think Doc's in trouble, man. But by the way, Tatum outplayed KD. Tatum outplayed him. Completely outplayed him. Hey, hey, and I'll say this to you too. Remember what Kyrie said about Tatum and Brown when he was up there in Boston? Young guys don't know how to win championships. You don't think those two dudes, when they were up there and Kyrie was up there, remember this guy and his antics in that Celtic locker room and wanted a piece of his ass? They played like it. They played like they had a grudge to settle, didn't they? I thought the Celtics played those guys especially like they had a score to settle. Remember, because I, I was on the air in Boston at the time, and I was working at EEI, and I was like, hey, man, one day this guy comes in, then the next day Brad Stevens has to settle the locker room down because Kyrie goes, oh, yeah, the young guns don't know how to how to win. Well, I'll tell you what, dog. Ever since that Cleveland series, when you hit the shot, what have you done? Kevin Durant thought the grass was going to be greener on the other side when he left Golden State. When you're the star of a team, it's your fault when you lose. When you're the star of the team, and you win, you get all the accolades. Football, baseball, basketball, it, I don't care if it's fair. It's what it is. Joellen Bede loses this three games, the Loves lead in this series against the Raptors. That's on his ass. Oh, he was hurt. It don't matter. No one remembers that. Donovan McNabb losing those NFC championship games. People go five, didn't deliver. Am I wrong? You lose, people remember, especially when you're the star, man. Big Pickett says KD is Scottie Pippen with a shot. Isn't it funny? I would take Scottie Pippen over Kevin Durant because Scottie Pippen's one of the greatest defenders of all time. Scottie Pippen works in a system too. And remember this, Jordan never won an NBA championship without that dude on the floor with him. 
Scottie Pippen is an underrated ball player. Kevin Durant's a better scorer. That's a given. That's a given. Durant's one of the greatest scorers of all time, but he ain't a better basketball player than Scottie Pippen. Absolutely not. It's, there's, there's more facets passing the ball and playing defense, playing 48 minutes. Pippen was a little weirdo too. Not so much as KD, but more kind of like Kyrie in a way. You know, I mean, so Scottie Pippen, dude, one thing about that Bulls team, you know why that Bulls team, is it the 98 team? Guys, tell me, is it the 98 team, the last team that they won the NBA championship? I think that's title six, right? That's my favorite basketball team of all time. You know why? Didn't matter where they were, who they were, who they played. They went out there and wanted to kick your ass, whether it was the 20th game of the year or the 80th game of the year. They wanted to kick your ass. And everyone on the team knew their role. Pippen was the Robin on the team. Rodman got the boards. Everyone else was a fill-in piece. Tony Kukoc was a perimeter shooter. Jordan ran the whole thing. He was the straw that stirred the drink. You know how hard it is to find a football team or a basketball team or baseball team where everyone knows their role. Like in companies, you always have somebody doing something out of character and it screws the room up. Someone who thinks they have to do your job for you. The great people that put teams and businesses together allow people to actually become leaders. You, your idea is to develop leadership. You know how you develop leadership? Know your role. Know who you are. Know what you're expected to do. The guys like Jordan and Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal and guys like that, Moses Malone and Dr. J, those guys, they had to do a little extra. Phil Jackson was the conductor, right, Rico? This guy's balancing dishes. Phil Jackson's greatest strength is not doing the triangle. That was Tex winner. As a matter of fact, the, the triangle was developed for the pivot man, not for the point guard. But Tex was so smart, he turned the thing around and made Jordan a centerpiece. He made him from the, from the top of the key. Jordan was the centerpiece. That thing was built for, a, for the center. Then you had Kremens on the bench too. His other defensive specialist, an offensive guy who Phil leaned on. Phil was doing this. And whatever you want to say about Jerry Krause, he did find Tony Kukoc. He did get Dennis Rodman in the building. He put all those pieces like Cartwright, Luke Longley, and all those other guys around Jordan. And he hired Phil. You say whatever you want. It was an adversary relationship between Krause and Jordan, but it worked. That's an organization of champions. I may not like it, dude. But I listen to you. That's the one thing that I've been critical of the last couple of weeks with the Eagles. Is that not everybody's given a voice in the room. There's one voice with one guy who's the orchestra. He's the guy, the conductor, and that's Howie Roseman. 
You're going to listen to a guy at the bottom of the hour, Jimmy Johnson, who listened to every single assistant coach and Bob Ackles and all the things that they did on how they built that Cowboy dynasty. Coach Johnson had a value chart. You know where Coach did most of his damage? Not in the first round. Jimmy did most of his damage with those Cowboy drafts in rounds two through 12. Used to be 12 rounds back in the day. When I was in the league, it was 12 rounds. And Jimmy, Jimmy was the guy who was evaluating Larry Allen at Humboldt State. Got him in the 12th round. Guy's one of the greatest old linemen of all time. One of the greatest organizations that are successful. Everyone has a role. The 49er dynasty. Ed DeBartolo owned a team. John McVay built the team. Bill Walsh coached the team. No one got in everybody's way. No one got in anyone's way until Carmen Policy showed up. And then you had a guy wanting to get credit for building. People look at Carmen Policy today, and they think Carmen Policy was the reason that the Niners won five Super Bowls, when in theory he was only really responsible for one. And it was because he got on the back end of what those guys did. Bill Walsh and Ed DeBartolo were the guys that were building that team with John McVay. Yes, Sean McVay's grandfather. It it wasn't Carmen. Carmen got the credit because you know why? Carmen was the loudest guy in the room. I used to go like this. So Carmen Policy's taking credit for the success of of the 49ers. That's why when he got to Cleveland, he sucked. He couldn't put an organization together because Eddie DeBartolo put that thing together. 49ers have had marginal success since Eddie D hasn't owned the team. But everybody was on their respected rails. Coach, talent evaluator, general manager. The Eagles don't really have that. They don't. They don't really have that. All right. Last hour, I gave you my top 10 wide receivers. In case you're new and you jumped aboard with us, um, here they are one more time. We'll do it again in hour number three. Bo Melton, Rutgers, Alec Pierce, Cincinnati, Jalen Tolbert, South Alabama. Number seven, Traylon Burks, Arkansas. Number six, Sky Moore, Western Michigan. Number five, Drake London, Southern Cal. George Pickens, number four, Georgia. Jamison Williams, only because he's hurt. Number three, Alabama. Number two, Chris Olave, Ohio State. And number one, Garrett Wilson, Ohio State. Those are my top, in order, 10 wide receivers who I think will be uh, picked. Well, well, Maniac, maybe I am shit. I don't know. Sometimes my wife says it, so, you know. Chris, Williams would be one if he didn't have an injured ACL. Daz goes, screw Jimmy. Thanks to him. I got to hear that. Them boys. (laughs) I got you, Daz. I know, man. Hey, Jeremiah, I love those Bulls teams. Everyone knows their role, and they were so good, man. I watched those guys. I used to go and just – when they played the shitty Warriors, remember the Don Nelson Golden State Warriors when I was doing radio at KMBR in the West Coast and the Bulls would come to town? 
man, there was nobody in the building. And then when the Bulls showed up, place was packed. There's Jordan, man, screaming at P.J. Carlissimo. Why are you hollering? Why are you ho-? He hated P.J. Carlissimo. He Because he went after Latrell. Remember, Latrell Spreerill choked him. And Latrell and him are boys. And Jordan hated P.J. Carlissimo. He hated him, man. Because he thought he threw um, uh, Latrell under the bus. Jordan loves Latrell. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, I just I, I just love that team. All right. You ready? Here are my top 10 edge rushers for the Philadelphia Eagles consideration on Thursday night. By the way, again, Jacob Media, don't forget, wall-to-wall coverage starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. We will have you covered, covering three days of the NFL draft. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Only place you want to be is right here. Here we go. Number 10, Drake Johnson, 6'4", 273, Southern Cal. Had a chance to talk with some of the folks that were in um, Clay Helton's coaching staff, and they said the guy is just a really great football player, great athlete. Um, Had a down year, but in a good system, in a 43 system, here could be a sleeper dude here that you could look at that could potentially come in. And if you're drafting him now, and by the way, I would say this, this next four guys, these are not first round guys. These are guys that you're going to see probably in two, three, four in the rounds there. Okay. You're going to see somebody around there. Okay. Number nine. Cameron Thomas, 6'4", 267. I actually know the kid. I had a chance to watch him. And Rocky Long, the former San Diego State University coach, recruited him. He is another sleeper guy that could go in the second or third round, that could walk on a football team and make an impact. This kid's a good football player, man. And he's going to make a team. He's going to make – I could see him in rounds two and three, somewhere in there. People don't know much about him. I've watched a kid play, and I've watched a kid play for a couple years now. He gets around the corner. He uses his hands well. He's a pretty big kid, too. He's got long arms. You want that in an edge rusher? He's He's a good-looking player if you put him in the right system. Number eight. Boy Maffey, 6'4", 261, University of Minnesota. Of all the guys that are in the Big Ten, I think he's your underdog here. And I think we're talking about a second-round guy here, this Maffey guy, M-A-F-E. You put your his game film on, gets around the corner well, is a good – by the way, there's no Chase Young in this draft, okay? There's no Joey Boza. Well – the kid at the top is kind of in that in that category, okay? He's kind of in that category. Um, this kid can play at Minnesota. I've watched him. You know, Minnesota has really done a great job at retooling that program. And P.J. Fleck has really started to bring talent back in. You know, Minnesota used to be considered one of the destinations – when it came to 
college football players. They got a boatload of national champions. I know they haven't been relevant since the 60s, but they're starting to get relevant again. I, I, I happen to think that's probably one of the tougher places to recruit. You know, after what happened with George Floyd, you really want to go up to Minneapolis and play football? I got recruited there. I thought of playing there because of the heritage. Just, you know, I didn't want to play inside. I didn't want to play in that dome. But, yeah, so that kid's a good football player. I got David Ajabo, second round, and I got him at number seven, six four two fifty. Would he be higher? Yes. He'd be higher. If I have multiple seconds or thirds and he's sitting there in front of me, I don't know how you pass on him, you know? But the problem that you have with the Eagles is, do you draft a kid knowing you need somebody to come in and help you today? Or would you rather take the guy who's healthy and can contribute right now? It's a dilemma because the Eagle defense, what did they finish? 31st in pass rushing? Got to improve that. Your secondary is never going to fulfill its destiny on being a good squad unless you get that pass rush up from 31. Even if you're in the middle of the pack at 15, that's better. At number six, the kid from Penn State, forgive me if I'm saying his name wrong, Arnold Ibico, 6'3", 250 PSU. You watch this kid play, man. He can play. 2.0 version of Micah Parsons. You see a lot of the same similarities because he was coached the same. Okay? Listen, I got to take a timeout because Jimmy Johnson's going to join us in a couple minutes. So we stopped at number six. I'll give you my top five, but Coach Johnson's going to join us right around the corner. Hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. It's the biggest, most important draft in the history of this Philadelphia football franchise. The Jacob Media Sports 2022 NFL Draft Special. Live on 6ABC.com from the Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City. Presented by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles, IBEW Local 98, Stateside Vodka, United Healthcare, Mesa Law, 6ABC, and Budweiser, the official beer of the Philly sports fan. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. 
Uh-huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back. National Football Show with your boy, Big Still. Don't forget, Thursday night, Ocean's Casino. We will have a gigantic draft party there. Seth Joyner, D-Gun, everyone's going to be there starting at 8 o'clock Eastern time for the NFL draft. You know, before I get into the draft, I want to tell you guys something about Swagger. My next guest, he invented it. And... I didn't know what swagger meant except for this. To me, it meant winning. We got to talk all the trash we wanted when we played at Miami. And I just remember this. Coach always said, and we always felt, I remember Danny Stubbs and myself and Jerome always saying, hey, man, if we, we, we're putting receipts out there. Jimmy's going to want to come collect them, man, if we don't win these ball games. <laughs> so I had no idea what it was. And now Jimmy's got a book out, Coach Johnson joins us now here and coach it's funny everyone always asks me I get asked even Mario Cristobal asked me Seals what does swagger mean to you and I go winning I go that's all I remember coach coach used to go around to all the you know to the positions offensive line defensive line linebackers everything was always done at a sense of urgency coach I mean everything running to water everything to me that's what swagger was, and I'm so glad that the book is out there that everybody can see what it really means because it's not a T-shirt and a hat. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, swagger, you know, Dan, you know, really for me was just our team playing with great confidence. You know, a lot of people, you know, misinterpret uh, swagger to think that you know it's celebrations, taunting, uh, you know, penalties, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, swagger was our team being totally confident that they were going to win. And the way that they were confident that they were going to win was that they had put in the work prior to playing the game. Uh, as you know, our practices were a lot more difficult than the games because uh, we went, we would scrimmage one versus ones, uh, you know, like three times a week. And so by the time we got to Saturday, our guys looked forward to playing another team. I had Coach Wanstad on, and every time Coach Johnson would go inside drill, we'd be like, <laughs> oh, man. And we're, it's ones versus ones, and we're sitting there pounding. I remember I had Highsmith on a couple weeks ago, Coach, and Alonzo goes, do you remember? We're, we're sitting there, and we're just talking, 
and I'm screaming, gonna run these guys. Me and Jerome just start laughing because <laughs> we're beating each other up. Coach, they never allow that stuff today, man. <laughs> oh, I know it. They, you know, they barely even touch each other during practice nowadays. But uh, uh, it was a different time. Of course, that was a long time ago, and and we had a great run there. Of course, the University of Miami, and then, of course we had a great run at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but uh, we had very physical teams. We had physical practices. Coach, I, I put value charts every year together. I posted another one. And I got to tell you, man, these things take forever to put together. <laughs> right. These value charts. And I, I always feel uncomfortable, Coach, when I have the number one pick in the draft and I put a 1,000 next to it and I'm doing this. There's no way Coach looked at that and go, that's a thousandth valued pick. How hard was it for you when you put this chart together to stick to your fundamentals when you were going through a draft? Well, you know, my first draft, you know, we, we, we drafted pretty well. You know, our first four picks were all academic All-Americans. They were all pro bowlers, you know, Troy Aikman, Daryl Johnston, Mark Stebnoski, uh, uh, Tony Tolbert. Uh, you know, but I, I thought that, you know, back then, you know, Dan, you know, People didn't trade. Uh, there wasn't fantasy football. There wasn't a whole lot of trading going on. Uh, but I just took the philosophy that, you know, if, if I didn't want uh, a particular player, the best player available, I'd trade out of that pick. And, you know, I'd trade up, trade down. And, in fact, in the five years I was at Dallas, I made 51 trades. You know, and really there was, uh, like, for instance, the New York Giants made one trade during that five-year period, and that was with me. <laughs> You know, the teams just didn't trade, but I needed a tool to help me in making all those trades. And so what I did, I had one of the guys in the organization crunch the numbers. And, you know, I said, hey, you know, go ahead and get all the trades that have been made here for the last four or five years, pick for pick. And we can do a bar graph there or a line graph and we can arbitrarily put numbers on it. And so it was just a tool for me to make trades, you know, in an instant, I can be on the clock. And be you know, four or five minutes, and you know, I'll say, "Hey, I'll swap ones. I'll give you my three, et cetera. In fact, that's what we did to trade up to get Emmett. Uh, and I knew the value of all these picks. Well, the other teams didn't have this chart, and they didn't have that tool to help them make the trades. So we got a lot of value out of that for years. But then, of course, Wanstead goes to Chicago. North Turner goes to Washington. <laughs> they take the chart with them. Now everybody in the league has a chart now. They've, you know, they've, you know, you know, tweaked it a little bit because of the salary cap, et cetera, et cetera. And, and they should tweak it. But it's amazing to me. I talked to Brett Veach uh, uh, not too long ago. And he said, hey, I used your chart to, to trade for Brown. And I talked to Ozzy Newsome. He said, I used your chart to trade for uh, Peters. You know? And so, you know, after 30 years, they're still using this chart. <laughs> Absolutely, Coach. You know, you know, Coach, I've never asked you this because to me, the way you ran your your scouting department versus your coaching staff, it looks to me, Coach, that your scouting department and evaluating talent was just as important as your coaching staff that were coaching your players on Sunday. So am, am I right, Coach, that you would look at Bob Ackles, who you worked with while you were there in Dallas? That coach, That side of the table there, was completely different than the coaching staff. So a lot of detail went into, and you had to trust those guys 
that were evaluating it for you to use that chart. How much of a process was that for you too? I don't think people bring that up with you enough. Well, you know, back then, you know, the coaches didn't, you know, really do a whole lot of the evaluation. I, it was kind of the old deal, you know, coaches coach, uh, personnel people handle personnel and players play. Uh, and, you know, but I wanted our coaches to evaluate these players. And so we were one of the few teams that sent our coaches on the road. I went on the road myself and, you know, I looked at players, I interviewed players. And I, I thought that was an advantage for us coming out of college because we knew these college players. Uh, just for instance, you know, I took Mark Stebnoski because of the way he went up against you, Dan, in that pit Miami game. Oh, 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 I, hold on. I got a game ball over that guy. Okay. And I got a game ball over that guy. So I'm, I'm going to keep that out there. You gave me that game ball now. <laughs> and, 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 but anyway, our coaches evaluated these players. And so I took the information from all the coaches evaluating these players and then all the scouts evaluating their particular area. And I put it all together to go ahead and make these picks. And, uh, and so we were fortunate again, knowing these college players that gave us an advantage for two or three years. Coach, how, how did you come to the decision to move step or Wisniewski who turned out to be a heck of a ball player for the Raiders could and hall of fame type player. I right. Mean, what was the decision there? Because he was a second-round pick, I think, that you guys took him. Right. He was a, Actually, I was working with Al Davis on this one, and and I, I wanted Daryl Johnston, but I didn't want to take him you know, at the top of the second round. And so I was able to make a trade with Al, and uh, so I, I picked up a, a three plus making the swap, and so I still got Daryl Johnston. But Wisniewski was the pick, and you know we ran out of time, and so Al says, "Hey, go ahead and make the t pick, and then we'll swap it later." And so Wisniewski was upset because he wanted to come to the Cowboys, but uh, he was a great player. Of course, Daryl was a great player for us as well. Coach, how important was it for your coaching staff? And by the way, I played for the greatest coaching staff in the history of college football, in my opinion. Um, how important was it for those guys to be good a talent evaluators? let alone really great position coaches? I, I think more than anything else, Dan, I had to know my coaches. Uh, you know, for instance, I knew Butch Davis was a good evaluator, but, you know, if you listen to Butch, all of them were going to be all pros. You know, <laughs> and, yeah. it, and then, you know, with, with Tony Wise, you know, none of them could play. You know, <laughs> in fact, Tony was a horrible recruiter because they'd say, hey, coach, you know, you think I can play um, – uh, freshman year and he'd say play your freshman year you realize how good we are you won't play until you're a junior or a senior <laughs> and so obviously the player would go somewhere else uh but once that was you know he was right down the middle and plus i knew my scouts uh you know for instance uh jeff smith uh, was one of my scouts you know he really he graded them down if they had a, a, a bad character uh you know jim um you know, one of one of my guys. You know, he wanted to take a, a player, and he's kind of like Butch. They were all going to be all pro. Uh, John Wooten, you know, he wanted offensive linemen. He's one told me to. John Wooten said, "Hey, you've got to take Mandrich." I said, "I don't want Mandrich. I'm going to take Troy Aikman." He said, "No, Mandrich would be an all pro tackle for ten years." But now, of course, you know everybody kind of forgets that now. They said, "Oh, for sure, we're going to take Troy Aikman." Uh, but I had to know my scouts. I had to know my my play, uh, my my coaches and how they could evaluate. 
couple last questions here for you. Coach, I, I talked to Billy Ray Smith Sr. a couple years back when he was alive, and I asked him about the head coach at Arkansas. And you know what he said? He goes, he wasn't really a head coach. He was more of a delegator. Did you take a lot of his fundamentals, Coach, that you were passed on when you were there at Arkansas and how you ran your football teams? Because from what I'm understanding – Coach Burles was a guy that um, he was more of a guy that would be a delegator than he was really a position coach. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Frank Burles, I, I was fortunate to work with some play and work with some great coaches. Uh, Frank Burles was a, a very smart individual. He he really taught us the percentages. Uh, you know, winning football is what he taught us. Uh, but he had good assistants. Jim McKenzie was a great, you know, defensive coach. We had Hayden Fry. Uh, we had Doug Dickey. You know, we, we had some really great a- assistant coaches as well. You know, I worked for Chuck Fair- Fairbanks. He was as, as organized as a coach as I ever was around. I worked for Johnny Majors, probably the most enthusiastic uh, coach I was ever around, optimistic. And, you know, he was always excited. I mean, so I, with a lot of different guys, just for instance, with Frank Broyles, uh, one of my assistants, I was defensive coordinator, was Joe Gibbs, who was my defensive huh. end coach. And so I work with a lot of great coaches. Absolutely. Coach, finally here, you know, I'll tell you what, and I know you see me tweet this out. It aggravates the living hell out of me every time I hear people saying, like Skip Bayless, that Jerry Jones was involved with the Charles Haley pick. And well, I keep he, telling he people, in- Kevin, Kevin Fagan <laughs> called me and told me what happened on right. how he hated Seaford and jumped on his car and didn't right. do a very nice thing to his car. And he said, get that guy out of here. And you said this, I'll take him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, John McVeigh called me uh, about Charles. And that's how we, because I'd already made some trades with the 49ers and John McVeigh. Uh, actually, Sean's grandfather. Uh, but so, you know, I worked out the deal with Charles Haley. Now, Jerry did, uh, was involved in the Charles Haley trade. He picked him up at the airport and, <laughs> and drove him, <laughs> drove him to the facility. <laughs> During that period of time, you know, Jerry was trying to pay off that loan. He was working on business and paying off bills. He wasn't involved in a lot of football. He, was he ever involved in any of the decision makings during your time? Yeah, well, you know, you, you got to look at it this way, Daniel. He wrote the checks. You know, he was the owner. Yeah. Uh, and so, obviously, I couldn't have done some of the things I did unless he okayed it because he was going to pay the money. Uh, and so we had to be involved together a, a lot that way. But, you know, really, again, and in, in, in all seriousness, you know, his first four years, uh, he borrowed $140 million, and he was trying to pay the bills. And, you know, he's his charismatic a guy he's the best businessman i've ever been around in my life he's passionate he works around the clock you know and so you know he did some great things but those early years you know personnel and football wise you know it was pretty well over in our department okay i'll leave you with this coach who's one of your top five favorite players of all time thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) who's one of your favorite hurricanes of all time i'll take it but i I, I will i will i will tell you this coach i told people this story a long time ago and i'm going to leave you with this so here's to show you kind of guy that coaches and i know that he knows this story so i i take a couple blankets and some pillows out of the don shula hotel 
and Jimmy comes running from across the field. Did you take those blankets? And I go like, <laughs> by the way, the guy you see on Fox, that ain't the same dude. Okay, just so you guys know, that ain't the same guy I know. Okay, and so I said, I did, Coach. He goes, why? And I go, because I don't have any blankets or pillows. And he goes, for God's sakes. The next day I walk in there, Kevin O'Neill's leaving. I got blankets and sheets, and I've got toothpaste and brushes and everything there. I come walking over to Coach Johnson, and Coach, I go, Coach, thank He goes, for what? Don't do stupid stuff like that again. And I went like this, right? (laughs) Hey, I'll give it to you. You don't have to steal it. (laughs) That's right. And you went, you go, don't do that again. Coach, you know how much I love you. I appreciate it so much. You finding time for me. Thank you again, coach, for doing this. I appreciate it. All right, Dan, I enjoy your show. (laughs) Thank you very much. Jimmy Johnson from the NFL on Fox, man. Yeah, that story is true. Don't forget swagger. There it is right there. Swagger. Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> All good, my friends. Please hit the like button. Hey, I tell you now, Morgan & Morgan, proud sponsors of the National Football Show with Big Sales. Where the fee is free, my friends, this means this. They don't get paid unless you get your compensation for you and your family. If you're injured on the job, you're hurt on the job, finding an attorney is one of the most important things that you could possibly do. That is what Morgan & Morgan is all about. For the people, folks, that's not a slogan. That's who they are. That's what they do. And for the last 30 years, they've collected $13 billion in settlements for their clients when it comes to compensation. That's what Morgan & Morgan does. Size matters. They're the biggest law firm in the country. Nobody is going to push Morgan & Morgan around. With over 800 attorneys in offices in Philadelphia, New York, Florida, all across the country, the army of attorneys that Morgan & Morgan has for you is second to none, and this is what they are, and this is who they are. Look, the consultation's free. The call is free. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. There's nobody bigger, and there's nobody that's going to go to battle for you more than what Morgan & Morgan does. And do me a favor. When you call Morgan & Morgan, Tell them Big Sill sent you. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS. Not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. For the people.com. It's the biggest, most important draft in the history of this Philadelphia football franchise. The Jacob Media Sports 2022 NFL Draft Special. Live on 6ABC.com from the Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City. Presented by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles, IBEW Local 98, Stateside Vodka, United Healthcare, Mesa Law, 6ABC, and Budweiser, the official beer of the Philly sports fan. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. 
go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Alright, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. Alright, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yeah, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show, your boy, Big Sill. Hit the like button. Told you that story, man. I did. I stole all that stuff out of the Don Shula Hotel. He come running across that field, Jimmy Johnson, man. Come here. I tell you, the guy you see um, on the NFL on Fox, man, he ain't the same guy. That guy came running across, man, hair all messed up. He knew he was pissed. And I better tell the truth because my ass was on the line here, man. I had just started starting to. Oh, God. Did you take this gosh dang to me? It was more, I guess. And he goes, he was taken back that I told the truth. And he goes, why? As soon as I told him, he's like, for God's sakes. (sighs) Get back in there. But if I had lied, okay, that's why they don't have that fundamental in Dallas anymore. They'll never win a Super Bowl with Jerry Jones running the team. When Coach Johnson came at you and he was coming for you, you better not bullshit him. You won't be on the team. You won't be starting. You'll be down the totem pole and you're – You don't understand. Just tell them the truth. Work hard. 
Don't go around his head. Same thing in New England with Belichick. Can't do that in Philly. Nick Sirianni's got to beg Howie Roseman to put a guy on the team. Did you hear what Jimmy said? My time in Dallas, I didn't answer to anybody. Jerry was worrying about paying the bills. And did you hear what Jimmy said about the Charles Haley? You hear Skip Bayless and everybody always saying Jerry Jones was completely responsible for the Charles Haley deal. The only thing that Jerry Jones did in his involvement with Charles Haley was driving him from the airport. See how people change history? See how people try to change history? Just shows you. When you got a head chief in charge, dude, that's how organizations should be run. Trust your guys. Believe in your guys. Believe in the evaluation. Let them coach. Let them evaluate. It's not about taking credit. Look at this. Do you know what destroyed the Cowboy dynasty? Egos. Egos. The owner. Hey, wait a minute. Now I'm starting to think what destroyed the Eagles 2017 Super Bowl run. Egos. I should know better. Yours just didn't last long. Theirs lasted to where they won three Super Bowls in five years. I get it now. I get it now. Okay. Ego ripped the Eagles apart. Four years later, you won four games and you're firing a Super Bowl coach. There wasn't one guy and it wasn't the coach. It was the G. You can't win Super Bowls, in my opinion. How about this? Let me take that back because he did win. You can't build a dynasty from the owner's box. You build it from the people that you have. You know, Bob Kraft never got involved in anything unless he had to with Spygate and some of Deflategate and all these other things. Bob Kraft never got involved. Never. Just sat back and let Bill coach the team and run the team. How he gets in the way of his coaches. Got in the way of Andy Reid. Got in the way of Doug. He's clearly in the way with Nick. Right? Let me finish up my edge rushers here. Okay? I'll reset it here to work my way up to one. Drake Johnson is 10. 6'4", 273, Southern Cal. Cameron Thomas, San Diego State University at 9, 6'4", 267. Boy Maffey, 6'4", 261, University of Minnesota. David Ajabo, 6'4", 250, Michigan. Hurt, more of a second rounder. Arnold Ibiki, Penn State, 6'3", 250. And here are your top five edge rushers going into the NFL draft on Thursday night. By the way, don't forget, Jacob Media, wall-to-wall coverage. Xander, throw that baby back up there again with everybody there. Seth Joyner, D-Gun, Mike Quick, Rob, everyone. By the way, the new show's kicking ass as well. And make sure you keep it pinned right here all week long because we'll be giving you and breaking down every single pick in that draft. And we look forward to doing that. We thank you guys so much for coming aboard. 
Um, here are your top five. George Carl Aftis, 6'4", 266, Purdue. I think I've given you guys comments on him in the past. He's not Boza. He's not any of the Bozas. He's not Chase Young. He's solid. He's another Ryan Kerrigan type guy. I keep using that as an example so that you could see a comparison because it's one thing, and I like the reason that I like to take guys and I like to give you guys examples it's instead of just me talking, this is the kind of player that I think he is. Could this Carl Aftis be a um, a player that could be a dominant football player? I think sometimes when you get into a system, I think that's going to determine too if you're on a good defensive coaching staff, if they know how to use you. Um. I think he's a solid player. Do I think he's a first-rounder? Yes, because there's a need for this position too. Do I think he's a Pro Bowl-type guy? Maybe. Maybe. Do I think he's a game-changing defensive end that's going to get you 14? Is he a Javon Curse kind of guy? No, he's not. Okay? He's, he's, he's not a Javon Curse. That I do not see that with him. Number four, Kayvon Thibodeau, 6'4", 254. Here's my problem with him. And I'm going to come from the negative end because there's a lot of positives with the player. If I have him fourth, that means he's a top 15 pick, okay? We're now in the position here where these top five guys are probably going to go into top 15 picks. So, okay, I've got to come from a place where I'm not as high on him. Um, I think he takes plays off. And I think I have a problem. And you know the plays he takes off? If the play goes away from him, his effort level is not the greatest. And that bugs me a little bit about the player. Dude, when you're an edge rusher, you're going to make a ton of plays from behind. And Lawrence Taylor made a living of chasing shit down from behind in pursuit. It's almost like he, he takes business decisions, if that makes sense. Number three, Jermaine Johnson, 6'4", 254, Florida State. He's moving up the draft chart, too, by the way. Outstanding hands. Played on a shitty defensive front four, front seven. With Florida State, that wasn't a very good football team, but he stands out when you watch him. He's a big dude, can move, um, strong, great 225 bench and 40, and he can get around the corner. He's 6'4". That's what his measurements were, 254. So this kid, um, I'll tell you what. Could I compare him to a Suggs? a bigger version of Suggs in Baltimore, something like that. You know, every time I talk about Aiden Hutchinson, I could pick four guys over him that I don't like, but then guess what? He's passionate for the game. He loves the game. He's worked hard at his craft. 
Um, he's got talent. I, I, I just, I don't see a bust, but I don't see what everyone sees in the kid where, because he went to Michigan, that that automatically gets him a hall pass to the Pro Bowl. I don't know if I see that, but I do think he's warranted at being number two there. Number one is this Trayvon Walker kid, 6'5", 272. He is a special player. He really is. I think this guy is a wonderful football player, and I think he's going to make a difference. All right, guys, do me a favor. We're going to recap everything. Hit the like button. Hour number three is coming up, okay? No question about it. We're getting closer and closer to the NFL draft. Hour three is coming up. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. It's the biggest, most important draft in the history of this Philadelphia football franchise. The Jacob Media Sports 2022 NFL Draft Special. Live on 6ABC.com from the Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City. Presented by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles, IBEW Local 98, Stateside Vodka, United Healthcare, Mesa Law, 6ABC, and Budweiser, the official beer of the Philly sports fan. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Alright, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. Alright, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
number three, National Football Show with your boy Big Sills. You know what's crazy? When you watch athletes make excuses for failure instead of owning things. I guess that's just today's athlete, and I sound like an old man, I guess. You hear Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant talking about outside noises. I think this is why Jordan never really did a lot of interviews with the media. My fault. It's my team. I love players like that. My fault. Okay? My fault. And we played well. Those guys are gone. It's more about Twitter, social media, highlight reels, branding. I get that. And by the way, I don't begrudge anybody for making money off their name. I do it. So I'm not going to sit here and be a hypocrite to it. So I'm not. But there's a way of handling yourself. You know, Kyrie Irving didn't want to get vaccinated. I'm not going to get into the BS of that whole thing. To me, that was more about the NBA castrating him and everyone else who didn't want to be vaccinated. And why did you even make it public that players were? What's it to the public? Since when do your medical health or your medical issues or what you do with a doctor or how you see your health issues for public consumption? I thought there used to be rules, and I think there used to be hidden rules in media that you didn't talk about a player's health. Remember Adam Shifty put out um, Jason Pierre-Paul's medical records? They had to pay over $800,000, did ESPN, for violating his rights. People forget that. Guys making $10 million a year now. Adam Shifty putting out Jason Pierre-Paul's medical records. And so, to me, this is more about this. Hey, man, this is my fault. Like Joel Embiid, I'll give it to Joel. It's his team. They lose. Are are you frightened that they lose this 3-0 lead against the Raptors? One of the very few teams in NBA history that has forced a game six after being down three love. Raptors are there. What if they win game six? Good night. What's up, man? I'll tell you what, Doc Rivers will not survive that. If Doc Rivers, I would even say this, if Doc Rivers gets to a game seven after being up three love and they get by by the skin of their teeth and they get bounced maybe in another round, he ain't going to survive this postseason. They're not going to go two years in a row like this. Not with Joel Embiid. And by the way, I would even if I was ownership, I would go like this. Daryl Morey, how well do you think Daryl Morey's run the team? Just your thoughts. What do you think of Daryl Morey as general manager of the Sixers? How well do you think he's run the team? You think he's a good GM? I think he's better than Elton Brand. Plus, I don't know if Elton Brand ever really got a true opportunity to be the general manager of the team when you're constantly tanking every year. I mean, you know, you know why, you know why that I'm probably more pissed off for Sixer fans. How many years of shitty basketball did you guys go through? How many years of tanking did you go through to get to this point here? How many years was it? Five. Five years of tanking. 
And that's what you give to the city of Philly? Is a fat out of shape James Harden and really a basketball team that you don't know what you're going to get with that box of chocolates of reserves that you have on the pine. I'm going to get there, GT. I'm going to get there, I promise. I'll get back to the Eagles here. But am I right, though, GT? I'll throw this at you. How many years did you guys go through of really shitty basketball? Right? And tanking. Tanking and tanking and tanking. Unwatchable hoop. And all of a sudden, now you're here and you're like, that ain't it. You know? I get it's draft week. I get it. I get it. I'm with you. I'm I'm on I'm I got it. I got it. I'm just saying, it's just not fair. Fans pay to go to Wells Fargo, and you guys are watching shitty hoop for five years, and then they kind of they construct that. I don't know. I just think it looks like you deserve more than that. Any jam Ben Simmons down your face. It just it doesn't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. All right. How much does the Wonderlick test matter to you if you're evaluating one of these quarterbacks? Malik Willis, 32 out of 50 on the Wonderlick test. Kenny Pickett, 17. Dude, you get 400 for writing your name on the SAT list or on the SAT test. Corral was worse. Got a 15. Is it 32, Will? I thought it was 50. Okay, but then I actually did pretty good, man. Then I missed – I thought it was 50 questions. But it's 32? Yeah, man, I got a 29. I did all right. I, I, yeah, I, I I did all right. Did it, it's 32 questions. I thought it was 50 questions. My bad. Yeah, so I did pretty well. I mean, it, I didn't think it was hard. I thought it was just common sense stuff. Get a 15? <laughs> I mean, dude, do you have any common sense to you? Does that bug you? If I'm drafting a stupid quarterback... How do you feel about that? You're going to use one of your first round guys and you're going to draft a box of rocks. Xander goes 29 is good. Tell Jason Cole to quit playing with your. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Big sales, man. It's 50. I thought it was manster. I thought it was. I thought it was 50. 50 questions, good. Okay, that's what I thought it was. I didn't think it was 32. Yeah. I take my time. Hey, man, 15 out of 50? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) What's two plus two? Two? (laughs) Well, you want to make it a threesome, right? Here, watch this. Hey. Who was one of the authors of the Declaration of Independence? Herbie Hancock. 
No, no. It's John Hancock. No, it's Herbie Hancock. <laughs> Holy cow. I'm drafting Tommy Boy. With the 15th pick, Wentz got a 40. That sounds right. Carson's going to test well in everything. Unless it's two minutes left in a ball game and you got to win it. That's when he's Herbie Hancock. (laughs) Okay. Funny, isn't it? There's no test for the final two minutes of a game. And you're down five. Okay. There ain't no test for that. You got to go play ball. That's Herbie Hancock. So some team is going to draft Tommy Boy. (laughs) Kenny Pickett's Tommy Boy. I got a D. Not a D. I got a D. I passed. Uh, Actually, Jim, you want to be a stunat about it, Jim. Big Seal's got 1150 on his boards. He's done. I'll tell you what Joe Paterno said about me, though, Jim. Okay, I won't lie here. Big Seal's got 1150 on his SATs. I'll tell you this, though. You know what he said? Well, she's. You got a 2.0 grade point average, son. You're lazy. Because <laughs> I don't give a shit, coach, about school. Oh, he didn't want to hear that. Neither did Bo Schembechler. Yeah, a Bo, Bo Schembechler said the same thing. He goes, oh, my God, this kid's great. I posted my um, my Michigan National Letter of Intent. Bo Schembechler came and recruited me. And Bo's watching film with Joe Anslone. Holy cow, this kid is and how many how many schools are recruiting him? He goes, like only 10. And he goes, 10. And so then it started picking up Notre Dame and all these other places after a while. I was getting recruited first by Yankee Conference. Back in the day, UConn was in this Yankee Conference and what have you. Rutgers and Boston College. Then Pitt started coming around. Maryland eventually. And Bo Schembecker goes up to my student my guidance counselor, David Downs, and he goes up and he starts looking over my transcripts. Whose transcripts are these? He goes, it's Dan Silios. Guy goes, well, shit, kid, you can't, pl- you can't play at Michigan. And I go like this. Well, I got a recruiting trip to go see Ohio State two weeks. Okay? And he goes, well, do you want to play at Michigan? I go, I'll take a trip. So they send me a letter then, then they sent me a letter and offered me the scholarship. Yeah, man, sir, I got eleven fifty on my boards, man. I did very well, but they thought I was lazy. This is Xander, what he's saying about Willis, Malik Willis. So Willis has a huge arm, great running ability. He's smart. Has bad mechanics. I'll take that guy. Can you work on mechanics? Yes. Can you work on smarts? No. 
you're either dumb as a box of rocks or you're not. I never saw somebody all of a sudden become Einstein who was an imbecile. <laughs> you know, imbeciles don't turn into Albert Einstein. You're either brilliant or you're not. You're either smart or you're not. That's just something that's innate in you. Okay? Imbecile, smart. Who are you? Right? I would probably say this. Of all the quarterbacks that are available, Malik Willis is probably the only guy that I might gamble with. And if I was Carolina, if I was Carolina, at six, I'd call the Eagles up and go like this. How would you like to exchange the sixth pick for the 18th pick? I can get Malik Willis at 18. I think he would let have to let the board play out. Because let, let, let's look at that. Would Howie move up to six, though? What's on the board that he likes? What? Hey, that's a good point. Because look, the Giants at five, they need O-line. They could move down in the draft. There's a lot, and there's a ton of guys. Seals, would you play for Liberty? No. No. I would not. If I had to play at Liberty, I'd go to the Army. Not playing at Liberty. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I didn't have to. I was recruited by Notre Dame, Ohio State, Maryland, Miami, Pittsburgh. And places like that. I'm not playing at Liberty. <laughs> LSU, Oklahoma. I'm not I'm not any of that. Nuh-uh. Homie, Big Sills doesn't show up to the potato chip.com bowl. <laughs> and, and and I play on New Year's. I don't play in December bowl games. <laughs> I, I, I don't play at the crabcake.com bowl. Mm-mm. Not, that's not working for me. Chills, what about this? You know, this, uh, no, that ain't working. <laughs> Fran, he'll never, Fran, I knew that, I knew when Jimmy re retired, I knew he would never come back out of coaching. Now, Fran, so you know, Jimmy does a lot of consulting for teams. He'll take a look at what they're going to do draft-wise. Manster says, Sills, would you play at Texas? I would. I would play at Texas. I would. Wait, wait, hang on. I'm sorry I did that. <clears throat> did you guys see that? <laughs> uh, sorry about that. You know, not everything is about money. Sorry, Manster. I, yeah. Seals, get that. Hey, Daz, isn't it cool what he said, too? Leroy Selman, best always. One of my dearest friends. Got to miss that guy, too. Jerome, him, God. 
Really good people, man. Really good people. Here, let me ask you guys this. You think Howie would move? Is there any who on this? That's a great question. Who on this draft board do you think Howie loves the most? That's a great question. Answer Austin's great city. I got recruited by SMU. Of course. Who on this board do you think? Chalk it up sports. You think Jordan Davis is the guy he loves the most on this? Sauce Gardner. Sills, need to get a nice chair. You're standing for three hours. Tough it up. Ain't no sitting down. Nobody sits on the job. Big Seals doesn't sit on a job. I don't sit on the job. Okay? I stand at attention. I don't sit on the job. Xander goes, I'm sitting. Yeah, well, you're running me around the wheel for three hours. Putting up with my BS. Xander's so my boy, man. God, I love the kid. Seals, if I remember correctly, Paterno beat you and Jimmy for the national championship back in the day. Hey, Jeff. Who's Faba? Who's Faba? Who's Faba? And you know what that same coach did? I'm going to post it. I'm going to post it. I'm going to post it and I'm going to play it back for you guys. Okay. Paterno said that he thought I was better than Jerome. I got the, I got the quote too. Like this. I framed that thing too, man. It's not true. But he, this guy's in like publications going, Cilio's better than Jerome. It wasn't true. Jerome got hurt a little bit in his senior year, but I out, I outplayed him. But Jerome's great year was his junior year. It was his junior year. I'm going to post it, and Xander will be able to put it up. And he told – Jimmy Johnson echoed it. So Paterno said it, and Jimmy echoed it. Yeah, <laughs> cheap shot, I know. Hey, Jeff, kiss my ass. Which one of these players? Which one of these players do you you think it's Jordan Davis that that he loves the most here? Paterno was high that day. <laughs> Joe Paterno smoked weed. Was Bob? Hey Bob, wait a minute, Bob. Oh, I'm going to post it. I'm going to, I promise you, Bob, wait a minute. We knew Jerome was going to be a Philadelphia Eagle before anybody did. Cause why? Norman Brayman lives in Miami to this day. And Norman Brayman came over to our dorm. He's watch this. Boom, boom, boom. I opened the door. I go, Mr. Brayman. 
Mr. Brandman was really kind to the Miami Hurricane guys. What up? He goes, Jerome there. I say, yeah, come on in. He goes, now, why don't you two guys come for a ride? Figured it's safe, you know. <laughs> so Mr. Brayman, oh, they still, the Brayman dealership, biggest Cadillac dealer still to this day in the country. So we go, then we go out to eat. And Norman goes like this, Jerome, we're going to draft you. I'm probably going to be with the ninth pick. I think he's either the ninth pick or the sixth pick that year. And I looked over and Norman goes, what do you think, Dan? And I go, screw that. Draft me. And he goes like this, relax. Jerome's first. And I go like this. And so we we knew. So Norman Brayman's a South Florida guy. And we're all sitting around and we went over to Coach Johnson's house. And Norman said, we're going to draft him. Yeah. So before the Eagles even... (laughs) It was a foregone conclusion Jerome was going to Philly. Everyone knew it. Everyone did. Yeah. Oh, man. he And Buddy loved him. Shut up, Carlos. Man, you guys are ruthless. It's the worst game of our careers. I'm more pissed off about that Tennessee game because if we win that game too, we win the national title. Coach Johnson called Norman and said, you have to see this guy. Yeah, that's right, 252. That's exactly right. Very good. Very good knowledge. And I think this kid Jordan Davis is kind of like that. I don't think he is as unblockable as JB was. I think he's a good ball player, though. Yeah. Yeah, but he did. You know what? Best player on the team was clearly Reggie, but the heart and soul of the Eagles back in the day was Jerome. Ask Seth Joyner that. By the way, don't forget, Thursday night, Xander, put it up again. Draft party. Right there, baby. Make sure you guys get there. 5 Eastern. Everyone's going to be covering this bad puppy. It's the most important draft the Eagles have had, in my opinion, during the Super Bowl era. That's how important this draft is. You want to build a foundation. That's what this is going to be about, and we're going to be all over it too. Hey, Duck, you, you, I think Davis is going to be there. Breaking news, the Eagles will be getting Debo. Hey, that's a good – I'll tell you what. If you want two first-round draft choices for Debo – you know what? Let me ask you this. The asking price right now for Debo Samuels, two ones. Would you give the two ones up for Debo Samuel? Would you give two ones up for Debo? Vape says no. Sydney says yes. Chuck it up sports. F no. No. Xander. Sap is the closest thing to JB. No. First and Dillard. Big no. No. Never. No. 25 million? Really, Paul? I think 25 million would be the least of my issues.
you know? I don't know if I would give two ones up. I might give a one and a two for him. Or one in Dillard. Yeah, but I could get a one for Dillard. I don't know if I would. I I don't know. And you know what's crazy about this draft? There's not a guy on here. I don't think how he's doing this. I got to try it up to get this guy. And use some of my draft equity. I, I just don't see there's a guy here where, man, I got to go up there and I got to get this guy, Kyle Hamilton. You know? Like, I, I, I'm not compelled to go get Kayvon Thibodeau. Does that make sense? Jamison Williams is a guy you're not going to have until October. Xander thinks it's Sauce Gardner. I'll tell you a guy that that we both think has fallen drastically has been Derek, Derek Stingley. You know, I watched him and I had him three going to the Texans. And I'm telling you, the more film I watched on him, his best year was three years ago. He actually could fall down into that 15. I wouldn't be shocked if Stingley's down there. I wouldn't. So get this. If Jordan Davis is, say, at 12. See, the Browns need a wideout, don't they? They've jettisoned pretty much all their wide. Well, they got Armari. They went and got Amari. Sauce Gardner, man. He 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 could go to the Jets at ten or four. Yeah, but Chris Stingley is still a top first round draft choice prospect. Yeah, I I think it's Jordan Davis and Sauce Gardner. All right, guys, do me a favor. Hit the like button. Another position that I think the Eagles are going to go after and take a look in ladder rounds, rounds two through three. By the way, those are your money rounds, and I'm going to explain to you why rounds two and three are your money round in the draft. Do me a favor again. Hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. It's the biggest, most important draft in the history of this Philadelphia football franchise. The Jacob Media Sports 2022 NFL Draft Special. Live on 6ABC.com from the Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City. Presented by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. IBEW Local 98, Stateside Vodka, United Healthcare, Mesa Law, 6ABC, and Budweiser. The official beer of the Philly sports fan. Go for the midnight dares. 
go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Alright, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. Alright, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake them out. Mama go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show with your boy, Big Sill. Thanks for stepping in with us. Please hit the like button. I want to talk about wide receivers going in the first round when I've given you that stat that Jimmy Johnson gave me. By the way, one of the great things, guys, tell you this flat out. Big Sills never lies to you. I'm the worst liar on the planet. I can't. Xander, go find that that article that I tweeted up there because I, I, I told you guys that I would tweet it out. Joe Paterno and... He was talking about big sales and comparing me to Jerome Brown and Joe. It's funny. Somebody up here goes like this. Didn't they beat you for the national championship? I'll tell you one thing about coach Paterno. I have great respect for coach Paterno, you know, and I know what happened. I know the whole story. It's funny though. After we got beat in that national title game. And this is what Jimmy said. Dan Sillio, Miami defensive tackle, whose eligibility is being questioned, is no average sword, dominating lineman who bench presses 540 pounds, strongest man in our team, Coach Jimmy Johnson of Cilio. Earlier this year, Joe Paterno, the Penn State coach, thought Cilio was Miami's best defensive lineman. Yes. 
better than Jerome Brown, the consensus All-American last year. And I sat there in this airport, and Coach Paterno puts his arm on me. And he puts his arm and goes, hey. And we ended up winning the national championship next year. And um, Coach looked at me, and he goes like this. He goes, you played one well of a game. And I go, yeah, I don't care, Coach. We got beat. And it's not my nature to sit there around and talk to the enemy. I'm not, I don't like to do that kind of stuff. I'm not a fraternizer. And I was like this. I go, he goes like this. He goes, hey, know this. You wanted to, you and Brown are like Millen and Clark. There was a tandem that he had at Penn State, Matt Millen and um, Bruce Clark. They called him salt and pepper. He says, you two of the best defensive tackles, three techniques as a tandem I've seen college my whole time in college football and this was up until 87 i'm sure he saw better after but we were i was like yeah man i don't care this guy beat us man we we kicked their ass too man on defense we me and jerome owned him i think jerome and i had 20 tackles in the game combined between us three sacks we killed that team and they beat us jeremiah sills davis or wyatt Davis or Wyatt? God, that's a good one. Sydney Davis? <laughs> Wyatt? That's a good one, Jeremiah. You say Wyatt? Mm. Damn, they're good. I'll tell you this. That's the best front four I've seen. The Jonathan Allen front four with Alabama. Clemson had a front four. Our day's front four. That Jonathan Allen Bama front four, prob front seven, probably the best group I've seen. With us there and Georgia, we're just as talented as Georgia. Our backups were like we we Georgia's gonna fall off a bit. We're we never did. We won next year. Even after losing Testa Verde. Jim brings up this. Sills, honestly, would would you rather not have a veteran wide receiver in the locker room? God, that's such a big point. That's such a big point. Can't mess up these two. You, you, you pick in your right. <clears throat> it's the lesser of two evils. It's like picking between Marino or Elway. Who would you want? Okay, right? Marino or Elway. Are you really going to go wrong? How about this, Chris? As long as Howie drafts one of these guys from Georgia, can you, do you think you're going to go wrong with any of these guys? 
We need a vet wide out. Pick one, Sills. I'm going to go Davis. I'm going to go Davis just because of his pure size. He's he's enormous, man. He's he Xander said standing next to him, he couldn't believe the size he had. And that guy runs a 471 or a 478, whatever it was. Sidney, I'm 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 gonna go Davis. You don't get guys that big that move like that. Those are freaks, and he's productive. He's productive. Let me ask you this though. I was I was teasing going into the segment here. Would you draft a whiteout in the first round, knowing what I've been telling you? That 60% of the pro bowlers in the last decade were not drafted in the first round. Would you still feel compelled to draft a wide receiver with one of your first round picks if you're Philly? Mm. Like the guys that I named, get this. Some of these guys are going to be guys not even on this list. They're going to make the Pro Bowl. According to that stat, depends on who it is. Eastside Monster says yes. They're all gone after first round and prices on too high nowadays. Pickens in the second will be a Pro Bowler. Bad Hatter, you think Pickens last, George Pickens last until the second round? Knowing that there's a premium on the position now, why it's ready to play tomorrow. Why wouldn't Davis be ready to play? Davis is not Fletcher 2.0. I personally think Fletcher Cox was a better pass rusher than um, Davis. Just my, my opinion. Smile says the Pro Bowl is meaningless if Hertz is an alternate. No, I don't think he had a bad year. I think he had a good year. I think I, th- I think you're dismissing a little bit on what Jalen did do. I would, but also I wouldn't have drafted Rieger or Jajaw. If the wide receiver from Bama or Ohio State then yeah, only exception would be Burks. Always comes back to Hurts. It always comes back to the quarterback. Eastside Monster, you're not a Super Bowl contender unless you have a Super Bowl coach, a Super Bowl quarterback. You're not. And here, how about this? I'll take that back because you win a Super Bowl with Foles and a fired coach. Doug's a fired coach. You won a Super Bowl with a fired coach and a substitute teacher. But you're never going to build stability that way. The Eagles have not been a stable franchise since the McNabb years. And I mean year in and year out. Okay, do me a favor, guys. Name me the top three teams that are contenders for Super Bowls or at least playoff teams. 
over the last 10 years. Patriots made it back even without Brady. Not counting the COVID year. Patriots. Packers. Patriots, Packers. I'll tell you what, McVay. McVay has put the Rams on the map. KC. Patriots, Packers, KC. Tampa, only the last two years. Yeah, I got Green Bay, Duck. Patriots, Packers, Kansas City. Would we? Steelers. Right? Mike, Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season in his entire time coaching. Steelers. Matt Hatter, you think the Eagles are in contention for a playoff spot every year? Ravens? That's probably pretty – 49ers, I don't think so. Seahawks? Indy? Patriots, Packers, Chiefs, Steelers, Ravens. I think those are your teams that are consistently in the conversation that could come out and win a Super Bowl. I think those are your five. I really do. Titans? Maybe a little bit, Titans. Titans? But we would agree that these five teams, what do they all have in common? Outstanding personnel people, Packers, Patriots, Chiefs, Steelers, Ravens. They hit in the draft. Free agency has been something new that has been brought up in New England because you're not able to call and get guys to come to New England and play for the Patriots like you did in the past because you don't have Brady in the building. You got Belichick in the building, and they can't promise them Super Bowls anymore, but they can promise you postseasons with Bill. See, Bill gets you in the postseason. Brady gets you to the dance. Dallas, absolutely not. Packers, great personnel. They do a wonderful job. The Jordan Love pick, that's why everyone is kicking their ass. Why pick Jordan Love? The guy can't play because if he could, Aaron Rodgers would not be in town. We all know that. He would not be in town. Kansas City, outstanding personnel, but Andy's now got a little bit more control of the personnel, and that's why I think it's kind of going this way a little bit. When there were other people in the building making picks, like Carl Peterson and John Dorsey, that organization performed a lot better than when you turned over the keys to Andy Reid. Steelers. Kevin Colbert and the Steelers are notorious when it comes to developing great talent. Steelers are spectacular. Steelers are the best franchise in the NFL. They're the best because they do things right. Everyone's got a job in the building. 
Ravens too. Ravens too. New Orleans is a good franchise, Eastside Monster. They are. They're a good franchise too. I wouldn't bet on Belichick now for guaranteed postseason. Okay, Ernest, you think it was all Brady, and you think it's 70-30 Brady. He did draft him. He did miss on him six – or he did miss on him five times. Man, I just love Davis. New Orleans, Randy, New Orleans is a good franchise. Mickey Loomis being the general manager down there, I do think the Bensons have done a nice job running that franchise. Pickett says the Eagles' top 10 franchise since 2000. Most wins in the NFC East. How many Super Bowls? One, two, two Super Bowls. Right? Two Super Bowls. Two NFC championships. Pretty impressive, actually. Absolutely, Randy. Absolutely. Of all the teams in the NFC, you could probably put the Eagles in the conversation there. How about this? The Eagles have been 10 times more productive since 2000 than the Cowboys ever have been. Well, not ever, but I mean, since 2000. All right. I want to ask that one question about the wideouts again. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. It's the biggest, most important draft in the history of this Philadelphia football franchise. The Jacob Media Sports 2022 NFL Draft Special. Live on 6ABC.com from the Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City. Presented by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles, IBEW Local 98, Stateside Vodka, United Healthcare, Mesa Law, 6ABC, and Budweiser, the official beer of the Philly sports fan. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? (laughs) Yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. Go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. 
Is the length of the glass equal to your- You betcha. But is it made out of- Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rim- Smooth? Will you stop doing- That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome aboard National Football Show. Rico's like, do NFL players get unemployment in the offseason? No, 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 you don't get unemployment. <laughs> Dude, if you're filing, filing for unemployment today and you're making $10 million a year, no, you do not get unemployment, okay? No, no. I'll I tell you what, though, man. Rico, I'll tell you what I used to do in college. I used to go get food stamps. We all, we, all of us went and got food stamps one year. And get this, I don't know what it was, but Miami was always ahead of the NCAA, man. We went down and we filed for food stamps. The whole team, we put them all in like a, a – we had freezers filled the food. Finally, the athletic – Sam Jankovic comes in and he starts talking. He goes, did you guys file for food stamps? I was like, yeah. Stop it. The NCAA saying it. I go, what, what are you talking about? It's there for everybody. Just stop it. They said, stop it. <laughs> I'm like, hey, hey, Eastside Monster, man. We did everything we could. File of, oh, dude, we, we, we did food stamps, man. And we get back. We got steaks. Everybody's freezers filled. This went on for months. Jimmy, Coach Johnson, oh, my God. By the way, he was on today. He was awesome. Coach Johnson's going like this. He puts his hand. He goes, how many of you filed for food stamps? Like there's 80 dudes on a team. 70. <laughs> 70 guys. Here, here, Here's a better one. So, like, like – used to get your books okay and when you were on scholarship your books are free so you pick your books up here's what i used to do nothing to do with my class i'm picking up a molecular engineering book that's 700 bucks with slide rulers and those stupid protractors you know the nerds put in here and all that shit i'll, I'll take that book can i have two of them I would turn these books in. And you know the thing that falls out like when you got a brand new book? Never opened. <laughs> I put my books on the table. I'm turning them in because they give you money for it. You never opened the book. Hey, you know, I've got to be in the class, which I never did. Gave me $300. Going home for the holidays with 300 bucks in my Where'd you get this money? Eh, I sold my books. <laughs> so you know what the NCAA did? They started stamping property of the University of Miami Athletic Department. So when we went to turn them in, we couldn't sell them back because we were selling the books back. Oh, it's just, oh my God, molecular engineering, dissecting of a brain 
450 bucks. Oh, Big Sills is turning these books in. You, you work in the metal, medical department? Yes, um, I'm changing uh, degrees. What are you getting into? Finger painting. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. That was so much fun. Oh, yeah. And then, hey, back in the day, too, you know, because your sneakers and kids wanted your, your equipment and stuff. So your AstroTurf shoes. So here's big sales out, out, out front of the student union. I'm selling, like, AstroTurf shoes. Kid comes walking up to me. He goes, hey, man, I'd like to buy a pair of those AstroTurf shoes, those Canes AstroTurf. I go, what size is your foot, son? He goes, nine. Sorry, man. Football players don't have size nine feet. <laughs> the kid's like, oh, what do you mean he doesn't have? Yeah, football players, man. They don't have size nine feet, dog. Not even the kickers. <laughs> Favorite baseball team? Come on, Chris. New York Yankees, man. New York Yankees. My least favorite team, the Mets. Who's like Alexander says, who the hell is a Met fan? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. I know, Razor. They stamped it in there, man. Do I watch the CFL? Randy, I do. I'm an alum. I played there. I played for the Las Vegas Posse. Yeah, don't ask me. I love the game. Yankees, failed Yankees fans are Mets. <laughs> Dude, there's a, re there's a reason Met fan is Met fan. He turns his hat inside out. He's a Yankee fan in real heart. Okay? There's, there's a Yankee fan at real heart here, okay? Yeah. I shine says college kids who get a lot playing time should get a percentage of the money from their school. <laughs> Good luck. By the way, Bryce Young's making a killing. Do you know, get this, when Bryce Young leaves Alabama, do you know they're projecting he'll have $2 bucks in the bank? Dude, <laughs> he might actually be taking a pay cut when he comes to the league. So watch this, Bryce Young's making one five. Okay, you don't think Bryce Young right now, how much money do you think? Bryce Young might be making the same money that Jalen Hurts is making. <laughs> okay. Right. Xander thinks he's making more too. I do too. Jalen Hurts is going to make 1.2. Bryce Young made a million last year. He's going to make like 1.5 this year. So the starting quarterback at Alabama makes more money than the starting quarterback in Philly. I think that might tell you something. Hey, think of that. The starting quarterback at Alabama makes more money than Jalen Hurts does. The, the wide receivers at Alabama make more money than Devontae Smith does. Wow. I don't, hey, Manster, I don't think that dude has to sell books. <laughs> I don't think that's what we're doing at Bama. Oh, I would totally go to Bama or LSU. I'm going to the highest bidder and winner. Okay. Oh, you bet. 
You mean to tell me big – dude, I'd have – our teams in Miami, I told you, it'd be Big Sills Pizzeria in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, down in the Keys. I'd have a whole restaurant tra- chain, Big Sills, Gabagool. <laughs> hey, Scoongeelies. I'd have everything, man. I'd have my own boat. I'd have, <laughs> hey, I'd be like Tony Montana. I'd have a golf course by now. <laughs> I'd have a putt-putt, right? Go Stampeders. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before I go. Before I go, Randy. Look at this, Randy. Here's a two-year contract. Here's a two-year contract, Canadian contract, made out the big sills for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Here's another one asking me to come play in Toronto. Dan Sulio, how you doing? Here's another one right here. Saskatchewan, how you doing? And I ended up playing... For the former SMU coach, Ron Myers, I was the first player. Look what it says. I was the first player signed to the Las Vegas Posse. And we end it there. Draft week. Don't forget, guys. Thursday, Ocean's Casino. We're going to have you covered wall to wall, man. Make sure you keep it pinned right here all week long. We Love the fact we had Merrill Reese on and also Jimmy Johnson today. Hit the like button. We'll catch you tomorrow going three to six Eastern time. We'll see you on the flip side.